Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. We are super glad to have you here. This is episode 58. It has been an awesome week of pro wrestling. My name's Tom, joined as always by the amazing, uh, audacious, um, what other a alliteration words can I use to describe you? Um, auspicious? Uh, I don't know, I'll stop there. Jim, Jim Fields. Good, wow, good, is- good. Good day to you, sir. That is that is an intro. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Tom. Uh, the terrific Tom Bobo. I'll just I'll start there and we'll go with that. Um, it's the Mutual Admiration Society on Two Spot Monkeys this morning, um, or whenever you're listening to this. It happens to be early morning when we're recording this. But you are right. What a time to be a pro wrestling fan! Like, I, holy smokes. An um, emphasis on pro wrestling. Let's be yes. very clear. <laughs> yes pro wrestling and as a certain person that we're going to talk about a little bit later on said excellent pro wrestling is pro wrestling (laughs) like and is awesome i believe is what that that person said Uh, well actually he used another word too but we'll try to keep it clean here so we don't get the explicit tag um, on our podcast uh but he's right and uh yeah, let the, we're going to get into it, but uh, we're going to focus on two things mainly today. Let's be honest. If you've listened to us at all, or if it's your first time listening to us, thanks for listening. Um, had a couple of friends at work who found out that I did a wrestling podcast, and they threw me and in, threw us into their uh, subscription. So hopefully that'll that'll be something fun. Um, but uh, let's be honest. We have two main things we're going to talk about. Actually, three main things we're going to talk about today. But we're going to go down little rabbit holes here and there and everywhere because that's what we do. <laughs> we have a layout we do every time and still there are other things that's why if you ever read the show description it always says and so much more because there is always so much more uh but the first thing we want to talk about is AEW's all out uh but let's update you quickly on our head-to-head uh competition of course we make picks for every major pay-per-view and we did that with all out last week uh we both went seven and two uh, we had the same picks, so we knew that nothing was going to change in the competition. Uh, the two matches we got wrong were the tag title match, uh, and we're going to talk about that, I'm sure, here in just a little bit. And help me, Tom, what was the other one we got wrong? The, the uh, Casino Battle, Battle Royale. Royale. Yep. The Casino Battle Royale. Yeah, we both had Thunder Rosa, and obviously uh, the debuting Ruby Soho won that, which even though you went with Thunder Rosa, you must have had a little bit of a premonition uh, because in our fantasy wrestling league, you did pick her up and, and get those points. So nice, nice work on that, Tom. Hey, blind squirrels can find nuts. That's, that's, <laughs> I'm, 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 gonna, I'm not going to lie. And in that same breath, I'm going to say also that, you know, it, it looks like revisionist history when I come here and say, you know, I did have a thought that the Lucha Brothers could win. I, you know, we talked about it last week. I did. I, I, my communication, my opinion wasn't such. But there was there was something inside of me, and again, you say, "Sure, <laughs> sounds like a real logical story." Now, after the fact, when they won the belts, but no, there was some there was something, and and even though I felt that the Bucks getting the win back was two weeks or the payment for two weeks ago or two years ago, excuse me. Again, we're going to talk about that match, so I'm going to pause there. I don't want to get too deep in my analysis and my opinion there. But yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to talk about that match and, and interesting to talk about where do things go uh, since we'll just say it now. I have not seen AEW's Dynamite from this week. Tom, have you seen Dynamite? You have, I did. I yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I thought so, I saw um, a comment uh, on our board that made me think you had. So yeah, there's actually some rich conversation uh, back and forth about kind of the opinions of what AEW needs to do to keep momentum going and 
I'm not going to call that hot shotting, but I'll, that's the term that that's coming to mind for me in terms of hot shotting some things to keep eyes on the product. And I don't think that's a, a, a strategy. Then you didn't I mean, it's a, it's uh, a strategy. I don't think it's the right one. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So you and I are in the same opinion there. Um, yeah. I, we've used the term before. Destination viewing for me now is 100% AEW. Uh, I... If, if I can't watch it live due to something in my life, it is on the DVR and I'm watching it just as quickly as I can. I had the benefit on Wednesday. Wednesday was the only night this week that wasn't chaotic for our family. Um, and tonight isn't as well. We are on Friday as we talk about this on Friday. So I'm looking forward to Rampage because I didn't see what happened with Andrade and Pac, uh, but I did hear that it was very good. So... How could it not be? Um, and, I, and I've avoided, uh, A, I've avoided finding out what happened on Dynamite because I want to watch it and I'll, I'll be watching it later on today sometime. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I did not read. I, I saw that the Rampage spoilers are, are posted because it looks like for the most part until like one week in October, um, they're pretty much recording Rampage at the Dynamite taping, uh, which we kind of figured would happen. You know, booking a, uh, a whole venue for a one hour live show is, you know, not cost effective, frankly, um, for Rampage. So, um, and they're and they're shifting as of this weekend too to starting to tape Dark and Dark Elevation, I believe, at a soundstage in Orlando, and that's actually the first tapings are Saturday. Yep, and I, I'm curious if it's Dark and Dark Elevation because I believe they taped Dark Elevation on Wednesday. In fact, I know they did, but they didn't tape Dark, which obviously will be from this this taping on Saturday. So I don't know if they're still going to do elevation before dynamite. I, I would argue they should probably do them all at universal studios, elevation and dark, because otherwise if you're taping dark elevation and dynamite and rampage, like that's, that's a long night on a Wednesday night for, for folks. So uh, it'll be interesting to see whether that was just because they wanted to have one more day to get, you know, edits done. So then they can start rolling the, the universal studio stuff out on, on Tuesday. Uh, I do have to say, by moving to Universal Studios, and I know this has nothing to do with All Out, but we really haven't started that yet. Um, hello, first rabbit hole, we're down. Um, but um, by moving it to Universal Studios, it actually makes me interested to watch Dark um, this week if I have the chance. I don't know that I'm going to have the time, but just to at least see what it looks like and, and that sort of thing. They've also done a little better job lately, I think, with Dark and Dark Elevation. I have not watched them, but I've at least read the results. I've seen some Twitter videos and that. They've done some more storyline stuff on Dark and Dark Elevation than they had been doing, I think, previous. So I think that's good because it for those who have the time, um, and, and there's certainly people out there who want to consume, well, you and I are people who want to consume everything we can. We just, you know, can only do what we can do. But uh, it gives you more of a reason. You know, there's not to bag on WWE. We're not going to talk about them a ton today, although I'm sure they will come up in reference to some things. But like Main Event, for instance nothing ever happens of note on main event. So if I watch it, it's only in the background because I've caught up on everything else I want to watch. And maybe there's a match I want to see, or I just need to hit the results because I'm scoring fantasy wrestling that week. Um, yeah, it's not important. Making dark and dark elevation important at some level, even if it's just undercard storylines, if it's Joey Janela and his new, you know, bodyguard woman, if it's, um, whatever, they've done a couple of different things. If it's the, the continuation of the dark order saga, um, that's smart. It gives you a reason to want people to tune in. So, yeah. And did we even talk about what our overall head-to-head -head records are? That's how we started. And look at this again. <laughs> first rabbit hole. 
First um, rabbit hole, no, we did not. We went seven and two on those picks uh, because Andrade and Pac, which we did pick, I believe, um, did not happen. It's going to be on Rampage tonight. I'm curious, I'll be honest, uh, before we talk about records, rabbit hole number two, um, travel issues were what were cited. And I, and they did a nice little thing on a, on All Out where they uh, definitely insinuated that Chavo had uh, canceled the flight, even though Andrade says he didn't want him to. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays. But um, I don't, you know, travel issues, Pac couldn't get here for Sunday, but he got there Wednesday. Interesting. Um, I, don't, I don't buy that it was travel issues. I'm thinking it may have been medical, and obviously this time of the world, we know what that might mean, um, at least waiting out a test or something like that. I don't know. I'm not saying that is what happened. Totally speculating. Or did they do it for timing reasons? Because I don't know where you would have, what you would have cut on that show on All Out to fit that that match in. Um, so whether they moved it for timing, I don't know. It's just interesting that that got moved for whatever reason it did. I'm just glad we're going to get to see it tonight. So, Indeed. Yeah. So, so overall, yes. yeah, over, overall, you still have a one match lead. 34 and seven is your record. 33 and eight is my record, uh, which will lead into part of the other half of the main topic of today, which is Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor. Uh, event this Sunday where we're going to be making picks for that. So I will pick first when it comes to that. Absolutely. So for the second time in a row, I still have a lead, which is good. Um, I think our picks for Ring of Honor are going to be interesting to, to hear flesh out um, and see how many we might differ on or, or do we differ on. So I think that's going to be interesting here as we chat about it, since we haven't talked about it really at all. Even even in our pre-show dialogue, we really we didn't talk about Ring of Honor at all. Um, other than why Taylor Rust is not Rust Taylor, but we'll talk about that maybe in a minute too. But let's talk about All Out, Tom. Um, holy cow. <laughs> let's just start there. Um, there's been some conversation among some friends of ours about whether it was one of the top 10 pay-per-views of all time. And, and some people are like, ah, pump the brakes. And well, you know, I saw our friend Eric said, well, if you look at work rate, I wouldn't put it there. And I, I, I judge these things based on entertainment. Am I entertained? <clears throat> when I sit down and watch it, am I entertained? Uh, there was not a thing on the show that didn't entertain me at some level. And I'm even going to include Paul White and QT Marshall in that. I thought it fit where, where they put it. It fit. It was weird that it was the semi-main, but then I read later that um, they put it there because then if anything else ran long, that was the thing that they could just cut and go straight to the main event. Makes sense when you stop and think about that. As, um, as the night was going on, I kept thinking, did I miss this somewhere? I mean, yeah. I just, but, but that's logical and that makes sense. And I didn't watch live. I watched a replay completely spoiler free the night later. Okay. And I watched live and then halfway through the main event had to help uh, with something here at home. And so I had to pause it and then come back to it 20 minutes later. Um, so, but I stayed off of Facebook. So I didn't know what happened until I was able to catch the rest of it that evening and you um, use you use fight correct fight tv okay and i did as well and i just want to say that i had um i don't think i had used fight save for like a ring of honor event years ago so I, I didn't have a frame of reference for good bad or otherwise it was a glowing um experience for me so i'm already looking forward to november uh and full gear uh and I'll, hopefully that will be a live uh a live viewing for me 
Well, and and fight for you was probably ten bucks cheaper because I know you said on your pay per view provider, your cable provider, it's more expensive. So good, good. Thankfully, that thankfully they were able to offer it on fight in the U.S., which they had not been able to do previous for whatever reason, or they had not chosen to do. I don't know. I'm not sure which. Um, but I bought it on fight as well. Yeah, and I I've used fight before. I've bought um, some warrior wrestling shows on there. I've used it for Ring of Honor uh, in the past before before the pay-per-views were included in Honor Club. Um, I used it for those because um, I don't have cable. Um, we we stream. We don't use cable. So, um, and yeah, I've, I've really never had an issue with Fight. I think the only time I had an issue with them was at the very beginning of All In. And they got it straightened out pretty quick. And it was, I think it was mainly just too many people were buying it. And so, and that's what, you know, four years ago now, three, four years ago now. So. All out though. Uh, so I, I, I was saying I rank these things on, uh, you know, entertainment value. I don't have a list, um, so I can't sit here and tell you, but I, I would not be surprised at all. I would say this probably was one of my top 10 enjoyable shows of all time, especially if I take out live shows, because I think there is a vastly different experience between live and, and watching on TV. So I, I really do separate those. Um, if, if I was there live, this might be one of my favorite shows of all time from my live shows because I can't, as much as I enjoyed it in, on TV, the atmosphere was electric. It came across on TV, so I can only imagine for our friends who were there live, we did have a number of them who were, um, that had to be pretty darn cool. And and just looking back, and it's been less than a week, but just looking back at the, the quality of the matches, and again, they knew it was a loaded card going in. We knew it was a loaded card going in. The card was very attractive on paper before Sunday even arrived. That that can be a, a good thing and also a bad thing because then they have to deliver. Clearly the talent delivered. But then AEW over-delivers by giving us the debuts of Adam Cole and Brian Danielson, which you... I think you could maybe argue that that was too much. I personally didn't feel like it was. I felt like, oh my gosh, this is too good to be true. Um, but in the end, holy cow. Just how how can you not feel like you didn't get your money's worth if you ordered this show? Uh, and Or even if you went. like, And that's the thing. If you paid a ticket and then you got all that on top of, and, and I've used this statement before, so I, I'm bouncing all around like a pinball, so I apologize. Uh, it's, I blame it on both my brain and the coffee. Uh, AEW won't always be able to do this. AEW will not always be able to do these amazing returns or these amazing debuts. But if All Out is, in essence, the WrestleMania for AEW, their major show of the year, then it makes perfect sense that these things happen there. Absolutely. And, and let's just... It, we haven't really talked about what order we wanted to do this in. Let's start there um, at the top. Let's talk about Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan, if that's okay with you, Tom. It is, yep. Um, first of all, I have to say, it's probably going to get buried in here, Omega and Cage had a really good match. The, I thought it was well done. I thought there was good false finishes. There was good drama, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then Omega's giving his promo at the end, and I'm like, okay, so it's debut time. I don't know who, but it's debut time. And I loved, as it happened, and I it clicked with me, that the last line he says before Cole's music hits is, or they're already dead. Well, 
they killed off Adam Cole on BTE when he left for WWE. Um, now, I don't watch BTE on a regular basis, but I did know that. Um, for me, being the elite is a little too haha, tongue in cheek. I just, it doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. Being um, the elite pre AEW was something you probably wanted to watch on a regular basis because it was a really good storyline connector and it, and the bucks were less visible uh, on a weekly product like they are now since that time it's continued and it's, it's, it's a different vehicle to get storylines across. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I tried to watch some of it this week and, and there was some like this, that, did you watch being the elite? I did not know. Okay. They had a seance at the beginning with the good brothers and Kenny and, and the young bucks. And, um, you know, they're chanting Adam Cole, baby, Adam Cole, baby. And it, I mean, it's kind of funny, but I don't know, like the whole Carl Anderson does a sour boy character that shows up and I don't know, he does it a couple times. And in in what I watched, I was like, uh, I don't know. It doesn't click for me. Maybe it's cause I don't watch it regularly. If you enjoy being the elite. Great. I am all of the mind. If you enjoy something, watch it. If you're enjoying WWE Raw, watch it. Absolutely. It's not for me. I don't get it. I don't watch it, but that's okay. Watch it. Um, I, I'm not somebody who's going to tell somebody they're wrong for enjoying something. So being the elite, if you enjoy it, hey, all the more. But I did know that they had killed off Adam Cole and uh, killed off. I'm doing air quotes for those who are listening to the podcast. Um, so uh, it was a, that was a great little throwback line. For those who do pay attention to being the elite, it's a nice little nugget that ties everything together, and then Cole's music hits. I have to admit, when Cole came out, my first thought was, very cool. Okay, they're saving Brian for New York. I didn't think he was coming out. I don't know. What What was your thought when Cole's music hit? Uh, I, w- I loved it. I, I love Adam Cole. I think he's fantastic. He's, I don't know where he falls in my, like, top of whatever, but I just, I love him. And, and I love that and this is getting deeper than just him debuting in AEW, but I love that he has made the decision that he thinks is going to be best for him. He didn't let he didn't let money or guarantees or false promises, for lack of a better uh, statement, keep him locked in. And he and again, he was the face of NXT for so many years. And even when he had that cup of coffee due to the travel issues on Raw and SmackDown a couple of years back, like. Like he never got bastardized, for lack of a better term, in terms of his main roster thing. And we could go on, and 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 I won't, uh, and I hope that we don't actually, because it's not worth it. But we've seen there's a number of stories of when NXT talent do get promoted, and I'm using air quotes under my desk as I sit here, um, that they fall flat. <laughs> so I, I I loved it, and it was great, and. I didn't see him as a challenger for Omega right off the bat. That I'm sure that we'll get to that at some point down the road. But I love the rekindling of of the elite with him in that group. Like it's it's bananas. Like it's just it's nuts. Absolutely. And the minute he came down, he was drawing, you know, with everybody and and that sort of thing. Um, I was like, eh, I think he's about to kick somebody. Um, <laughs> And the more he stood there, and the minute I saw Jungle Boy like step into the picture, kind of thing, I was like, "Yep, there it comes." Um, so I saw the turn coming. I've watched wrestling entirely too long. Um, Adam Cole is also he's better as a heel in my eyes, uh, which is funny 
because everybody you talk to, or you, not like I talk to anybody, everybody you listen to, I guess that's maybe that's a better way to say it. Talks about how Adam Cole is just the nicest guy. Um, the the word loyalty I've heard got used a lot around. That's why some people thought he would stay with WWE is because he's a very loyal guy. Um, I don't think this makes him disloyal. He he was a free agent. His contract ran up. He had a right to do whatever he chose. There's I don't think you know. Again, who am I to say what's right for Adam Cole? Um, Adam Cole has to make that decision for himself. Uh, so he made a decision, and now um, stories are out there about what the main roster idea was for him. Uh, it came from Dave Meltzer, whether however you feel about Dave Meltzer, but you know he's been reporting on wrestling a long time, so it's not just a random wrestling news with a Z site. Um, you know, that made up something. It's it's Meltzer. And I'm not, some people think he makes up things too. I get that. Sorry, Bruce Pritchard. I know how I feel about it. But um, that he was slotted to potentially be a manager for a heel Keith Lee. Uh, <laughs> um, don't get me wrong. Do I think Adam Cole could pull that off? Yes, I do. Absolutely. I think he's talented enough to do that. Is that the best use of Adam Cole's talents? Uh, no, <laughs> like, how, how do you have somebody that good in the ring and make them a man? I mean, I, they did it with Leo Rush and I'm, I'm not the biggest Leo Rush guy, but Rush is an exciting talent in the ring. Um, I think Rush has got a lot of other things going on, uh, that, that he's dealing with and, and he's left the wrestling business for the 974th time now. And, and that's okay. But, uh, they did it with Rush. They did it with Drake Maverick, who obviously Drake Maverick's not, you know, Adam Cole in the ring, but. Here's here's my thought. Adam Cole, and, and you were kind of just saying this, Tom. Adam Cole and Daniel and Brian Danielson. I gotta get used to changing back to that name now. Um Adam Cole and Brian Danielson chose to go to AEW. And actually, a lot of the former WB guys, if you really think about it, FTR asked for their release. Miro asked for his release. Um Jericho chose to go to AEW. Luke Harper. Uh, Luke, yeah, Brody Lee absolutely asked for his release. Um, you know, so it's not just oh, WWE's cutting guys and then AEW's picking up their retreads. Uh, there's not a lot of that, apps actually. Um, Andrade asked for his release. Um, so there's an awful lot of yes, there are a decent number of WWE guys, but they made a choice, um, in almost all those cases. And and Cole and Brian were both guys that WWE wanted to keep. Um, they weren't even guys that asked for a release. They're just, their contracts ran up and now they made a choice to go a to AEW. I think that says a lot. Um, and, and today isn't the right time to talk about it probably, but there's a number of stories that have broken in the last two days about other talents that are coming up for contracts. And it doesn't appear they're re-signing with WWE either. Uh, again, when we talked about the riches of talent and too many guys to fill spots, and that's a it's a legitimate thing that AEW has to be mindful of. But if some of the guys that have been talked about this week uh, with expiring contracts in the next, we'll call it six months, do end up leaving because they are pro wrestlers at their core, watch out. Like if you think I love AEW now and I'm a honk for, on them for this on this show, it's it's we may just have an AEW podcast, Jim. <laughs> Right, right, with with random head to head about WWE pay per views, um, <laughs> that we won't know what's going on because neither one of us are watching the weekly product. Um, 
Yeah, you're gonna show up and go. Let's. I haven't been watching anything, but let's make these picks for this pay per view. Let's just like <laughs> drawing. I get like drawing a name out of a hat. Hey, who's this guy? I don't even know who this is. Um, yeah, it'll be. I don't know. It could be interesting. I agree. They're they're you know. AEW is going to have to continue to figure out, and and I think it's a work in progress, and I think they're doing okay with it right now, how to rotate guys through so that they don't just have guys doing nothing, getting paid to do nothing um, for any length of time anyways. Dark and dark elevation can help with that, certainly with some of your, but but then use those to also elevate people to Dynamite and Rampage over time. I, I think giving some of your top guys a month off, a month, maybe even two months off every once in a while might be okay. There's ways you can write them out in storyline and that sort of thing. Give them a little time off. And then when they come back, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, Adam Page is back. I mean, Adam Page right now is a perfect example. He is, he did ask for some time off. We know that. And, and when he comes back, uh, the pop's going to be amazing. Amazing. Do they need him to come back right now? Now, maybe he came back on Wednesday. I don't know. I don't think he did, but maybe he did. Um, but do they need him to come back right now? No. <laughs> you know, they've had CM Punk, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, Ruby Soho, fill in 19 other people here that have debuted in the last three weeks. So they don't need him back. But then, then like you said, as they keep rolling on things, Adam Page is going to come back. Maybe Bray Wyatt's going to come in this fall. Maybe some other names are going to come in around the beginning of the year. Um, I, it's It's crazy. And I, I have not seen Dynamite, as I mentioned, but I did see they got 1.39 million viewers or one point. I think that's right around that number. 1.3 something million viewers on Wednesday night. Raw on Monday. Now, granted, Labor Day. So fill in holiday, you know, excuse however you want here. Only dropped 3% from the week before, though. So I'm not going to call the holiday, you know, that big of a. But they got 1.8. They're only a half million away from Raw. That's crazy crazy i don't aw's clicking but adam cole so adam cole we talked about adam cole a little bit um i think he works well in the elite i think we'll see eventually do i think he probably gets turned on or turns on them or something and we eventually get to adam cole and kenny omega oh absolutely but you do that a year down the road i mean there's no rush to get to that at all you've got plenty of challengers and then let me just jump in and go you know i and again forgive me i'm in a fantasy book here you know in 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 having the Bucks lose the titles to the Lucha Brothers, it ends their amazing reign. And it, you you could probably argue, you know, it made sense, but it, they could have retained the titles too. If AEW wants to introduce the trios titles, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks as that trio right off the bat to give them more heat would be amazing. Amazing. They AEW can do whatever they want to do right now. I really feel like they can't, like... As long as they're just not stupid, they they can do anything they want right now. Well, and people and people are being critical of them. I, I, I'm I'm not. I'm I'm I don't know. Maybe I have a more tempered approach. Uh, there are people out there that are being really critical, and I, and it's going to be interesting when we come back next week. Uh, I, I'm going to be interested in your perspective of how dynamite plays out because I think there's a there's there's in my opinion from what I've read there's two diverse camps of thought about that about what about what AEW is doing and how they're doing it. So. I, I'm interested to see it. So Cole's there. They're all yucking it up for the camera in the ring. They beat up, you know, Lucha, uh, Lucha, uh, Jurassic Express. There we go. <laughs> and, Lucha uh, Express. 
Lucha Express. That's right. We're, we're combining uh, Penta El Luchasaurus. Um, and all of a sudden, Rise of the Valkyrie hits. The, the opening chords. And I admit, when it first hit, I have to tell you, Tom, and this is the first time this has happened. Um, and because I had helped my wife with something before, um, I was actually in the living room and she was in the living room as well. And I said, hey, I'm going to finish up this show. You know, I can go back downstairs and watch it or can I just put it up on the TV here? And she's like, ah, whatever. She was working on something. So I did. And this is the first time this happened in a very long time. That music hit and I literally yelled yes and threw my arms up into the air. Not, not as yes, 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 but like literally popped in my living room out loud. Not even just, you know, sometimes I'll smile and nod like, okay, that happened. Very cool. Very cool. Like, I don't know who I was cheering to. And she even looked at me like I was an idiot. But but I was okay with that. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, so apparently you're happy about this happen. Yes, I'm very happy about this. Um, yeah, literally out loud exclaimed, yes. Um, and, and wasn't like I said, wasn't even the yes, yes, yes chant thing. It was just I was happy. Um, Brian Danielson was in AEW. So uh, what was your what was your response when when the music hit? Yeah, in in both instances just a huge smile, just like, you know, a, a rush of positive emotion um, and, 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 and overwhelming happiness. And I think, you know, it's different for Adam Cole for me as it is for Brian Danielson. We've talked numerous times about how long of a Ring of Honor fan I've been and that I was there, you know, on day one and saw so many amazing Brian Danielson moments. And, you know, much like all of the guys that you see and you discover when they're you know, garage bands or, you know, backdoor club bands, you know, to use the band analogy, independent wrestler analogy, and then they make it, you you, you still are invested in that. And, you know, it, it ebbs and flows over time, but then to see them come back around. And then when you see what AEW did with a tremendous, I think it was about a seven or eight minute piece that they released, I think it was Monday or Tuesday with just some of the things with his, his in-ring after the show ended and his, you know, a speech for lack of a better term to the audience um, in Chicago and other things there, Ruby Soho, Punk, so on and so forth. Gosh, that is like the, like, that is the connection that you want. And and I would imagine AEW says that's the connection and the investment we want our fans to give us and have with us. And they're building that space for that to happen. And it was awesome. It was just awesome. And, um, the, the, and so on on the flip end of that, you know, I immediately go, oh, my word, you know, we just had this amazing punk return. We built to this first match in seven years. And it was and we'll talk about that more. It was it was it, it met expectations or exceeded expectations. You know, how can they do that same thing with Cole and, and, and Daniel Bryan? And then I go, what? You know, they don't they don't need to necessarily. You know, I think they still need to make their debut special. Um Cole's matches are the Cole, the first Cole matches announced. I won't say more on that because it'll you'll see how that plays out. Um, it, you know when you watch Dynamite, Danielson's is not, uh, and I personally feel like there's money in something uh, in, in anything with him, but I also don't think you can wait to have him not wrestle until uh, full gear, as an example. So, and, I, and, and, and I'm sorry, one more comment I want to make, because this was something I read before. TNT at times has had kind of, you know, kind of heart-to-heart -heart conversations with AEW going, hey, we want to know and we want to promote when something big is going to happen because we want that rating. We want, we, want, we want that number. 
right? So AEW, I think, as a partner, you know, will meet TNT where they are. And that's why debuts like these happen on pay-per-views and not on a Dynamite. Yeah, definitely. And and I think, for me, I know there's a lot of rumors out there about Brian Omega uh, on the 22nd, in which is only a week and a half away uh, in New York. I, I wouldn't hotshot that personally. Um, again, I think you can build to that. I think you have time to get there. I think you have time. I mean, o- Omega has, like I said, a plethora of, you know, Adam Page is going to come back at some point. Eventually, we're going to see Omega and Punk. Eventually, we're going to see Omega and Brian. Eventually, we're going to see Omega and Cole. But there's still, Omega could have another match with Jungle Boy. Omega could have another match with, or, or a match, I think he's had some, with Darby. Uh, there are plenty of babyface challengers for Kenny Omega um, that you would very easily ascend. I think I saw, and maybe this plays out on on Dynamite, I think I saw in the rankings, Orange Cassidy is the number one contender currently. Don't quite understand that. Um, But uh, we've talked about their rankings and how sometimes they're a little weird. Um, But you could do uh, Omega and Orange Cassidy. You know, I I don't know that they've had a one-on-one match. I know they had that, uh, the three-way at the last pay-per-view, but um, there's plenty of things. So I don't think you have to hot shot to that. I do think it would not be a bad spot for Brian to have his first match on the 22nd, whether that's, uh, you know, not maybe not with Omega, but there, again, there's a whole roster of people that either I want to see Brian work with again because he's worked with them before, and there's a whole roster of people that I want to see Brian work with for the first time. Absolutely. Do you, my, um, and you may see this, you may have an opinion on this after you watch Dynamite stronger than you can speak to now. Okay. Do you do you do you do you put Brian in a multi-man match, uh, like a like a six-man tag or an eight-man tag, uh, or does does that less does that lessen does that lessen the impact of of what he could do in in that type of setting, a tag team setting versus a single setting? Selfishly, I'd want his first match to be a singles match, like Punk's. Yep. You and I are on the same page there. Yep. I, I feel the same. Now, way. if there's a reason that we don't know behind the scenes, it, you know, the ring rust um, needs to get his wind back, whatever, which, I mean, Brian Danielson's always been, you know, in great shape. So I wouldn't think those are things. But if there's a reason and you need to do it, okay. Um, it, now, obviously, it's not the same thing. But for instance, I don't mind that Sting's matches have been tag matches because Sting's 62 years old. Um, and, and that's not even me being facetious. Sting's 62 years old. Um, so having him work things where he doesn't have to work an entire singles match. Now, do we think we might get a Sting singles match down the road sometime? Sure, we might. Um, and in the right circumstances, I'm probably okay with that. Uh, please don't let it be Sting and Ric Flair. If Ric Flair is coming into AEW, please don't do that. Um, just, I don't, I don't need to see it anymore. I've seen, there have been 400 Sting and Ric Flair matches, and many of them have been great. I don't need to see it anymore. Um, and I don't think they do that, but you know, if they want to get the WCW uh, stink on them real quick, they they book that. But um, so yeah, I I'd rather not. Would I be shocked though? Especially the way that things do. I think at some point we're going to get some form of the elite versus Brian Danielson, Jurassic Express, Christian Cage in an eight man, or add another person and it's a ten man. Or I mean, the elite's got. They could probably go to a 12-man for now or or more if you had in Brandon Cutler and Nakazawa and uh, whatever. Um, 
Yeah, I think we'll we'll see that at some point. I don't I don't want that to be Brian's first match personally. Selfishly, I'd like it to be a, a singles, even if it's and and not that I would do this for his first match in AEW, but even if it's him just killing Brandon Cutler um, or something like that. I will say his kicks when he started kicking whichever Jackson it was um, in the Nick, corner. Nick. Nick. Um, man, there was some intensity in those. And not that he didn't have that in WWE, but you could tell he was jacked up and ready to go. Um, I also think we're going to get the return, and this will be interesting to see how TNT handles it. Um, and perhaps it had happened on Wednesday night of the you're going to get your effing head kicked in chance um, to see how they uh, work around that. Um, try, try and save those for pay-per-view fans. Save it for where they don't have to mute it. Because um, Brian even said that in a tweet, um, put something out about that. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, I don't know. I'm excited about Adam Cole and Brian Danielson in AEW. I'm excited about CM Punk in AEW. I'm excited about the AEW stalwarts that have been there. I love that Jurassic Express, for instance, is rubbing shoulders with Brian Danielson and Christian Cage. Um, I think that does nothing but elevate those two guys more. Um, Marco Stunt, yeah, I mean, he is what he is. But I think both Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, it's funny. Luchasaurus has a character that you wouldn't think could get to the top of the card because it's a kind of a gimmicky, not kind of, it's a gimmicky. Um, in fact... Um, at the end of the show, since my wife was sitting there, she sees Luchasaurus on the screen and literally went, what the hell? Um, and I said, well, he's a wrestling dinosaur who happens to have a master's degree. Um, no, how do I think that went over to a non-wrestling fan? Uh, they, she didn't get it. but um, And that's okay. But I love that they're getting elevated in the, in the process. Because I think Jungle Boy... Um, Jungle, Jungle Boy could be AEW world champion in two years, maybe sooner. Um, so, and I, I've always liked Luchasaurus, even back to the Lucha Underground days. So, we'll see. Um, Annette is listening live. Thanks, Annette, uh, for always listening and jumping in on the comments. Uh, she said someone on Twitter suggested that Daniels, Brian, or Brian Danielson, uh, she didn't put the name. I'm trying to put that in. Brian Danielson's opponent, first opponent would be Nick Jackson. Um, she said she would like that. I would, I'd be great with that. Brian Danielson, Nick Jackson be just fine with me, um, either Jackson for that matter. But I like Nick a little better than Matt in singles. So, um, man, I don't know. We could talk about Brian Danielson and Adam Cole all day, but we don't want to have a four-hour po podcast. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe we should, I, I guess, just kind of slide down the card. I think we can skip Paul White and QT Marshall. I don't know if there's a lot to say there. Um, and I don't mean to bury the anything more about the Christian Cage Omega match, but I think we've said it was a great match but the story all came afterwards. Um, and, and good though, that they didn't, that Christian Cage was still there in the battle at the end. So it wasn't just like he got beat, rolled out, and then it became about Cole and Brian. He was still there. So they didn't, you know, bury Christian Cage or anything like that. Not that they were going to. Uh, so let's see, before White and Marshall would have been, was that the tag? No. That, no, that, tag, that was CM Punk and Darby Allen. That CM was, Darby, that was, Arguably, it was the marquee match of the whole show. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't think in three years you're going to go and and ask what what was the take, what was the big takeaway from All Out 2021. I, I you know, and they actually there's probably multiple answers to that question, but I think going into this show, this was the 
This was the match. I made it clear this was the match I ordered this for. I got lucky that I got all other awesome matches on top of it. But this was it. This was this 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 match for any for and let me look at it from a casual perspective, even though I'm not the casual perspective. If you weren't about AEW or you weren't sure and you wanted to tip your dip your toe in the water, CM Punk probably brought you to the to the lake um at this show. So yeah, so this was to me, this was the destination. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, what do you think? I think they delivered. I think I Punk- do, I, yeah, it it was it was great. I was really surprised about Punk wearing long tights because I'm so used to seeing him in I, in trunks. I don't think I've ever seen him in long tights. I, I can't yeah. of them. either yep. trunks or the the old Pepsi, you know, long basketball shorts from back in the ROH days, early ROH days. Um, yeah, the yeah. tights were different. And and he's again, he's older. I you know I I wouldn't look the same in tights today as I would seven years ago. Not that I wore tights seven years ago because I wasn't a professional wrestler. So you know we all make appropriate. Uh, We've seen wardrobe. the pictures, Tom. We know. We know. <laughs> <laughs> we all we all make appropriate wardrobe adjustments. So and again, maybe as Punk gets more into uh, in ring shape, maybe that's something he goes back to. Maybe this is the look that he goes for the rest of his career. It doesn't really matter. It didn't take away from his performance. It didn't take away from what happened in the ring. It, and it, it didn't, it, it, it helped Punk and it didn't hurt Darby. Like if anything, like if you talk about rub and like, so I have a hard time sometimes with like the rub of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus being by a Christian Cage or a Daniel Bryan and less a Christian Cage and, and maybe more of a Daniel Bryan. And that's not a slight against them. It's just, I have to get used to this, you, you, the, the, the universe. And I hate that terminology because we know where that comes from. I have, I, that, that's my own personal kind of like process. It comes from Marvel. It comes from Marvel. It okay. was stolen. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So um, this was a different circumstance for me in terms of the, the, the rub and the uh, Darby doesn't need validation. Like he is, he is amazing. And I am like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, I'm running out of superlatives to just respond to because I just, I feel so, so positive about what went down. And there's going to be a time, I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know against two, where Darby does finally get the big win. Uh, and when that happens, nuclear. Just a nuclear response is what I expect to happen. Well, the funny part is, correct me if I'm wrong, who did Darby beat for the TNT title? Cody, wasn't it? It was Cody. Yeah, it was Cody. So. There was that big win, but but it seems like he's still looking for the big win, even though that was a big win. Um, no, I agree. It, it it's going to come. Um, it, this didn't hurt Darby at all. You're a hundred percent right, Tom. Didn't hurt. Punk had to win. A, he's coming back, and if he loses, you got to be really careful how you tell that story. B, Chicago would have rioted. <laughs> like, let's be honest, you can't do that in Chicago on Punk's return match. Like, you can beat Punk in Chicago somewhere down the road. That, you know, that might get somebody, especially if it's to a, let's say, an MJF or somebody like that. I mean, nuclear heat down the road. But that's not what you're trying to do with Darby Allen either. Um, yeah, Punk needed to win that match. That's why you and I both picked Punk. But it didn't hurt Darby. You and I talked about that, I think, last week in our picks that we thought it would be done in a way that didn't hurt Darby, and, and it absolutely was. And I thought it was also interesting. I've seen a couple of um, videos that put uh, numerous spots from that match 
next to Bret Hart and the one, two, three kid from raw back in the early nineties. The opening arm drag spot is absolutely a move for move. Um, I don't want to say copy. That's not the right word. Homage um, to the Bret Hart one, two, three kid. And there are actually about four or five or six other spots that are 100% homages to that match. And I think it's an interesting match. A punk is a huge Bret Hart fan. He's made that clear in the past. He wore a Bret Hart shirt uh, when he did commentary on Rampage the week before. Um, so there's no no question he's a big Bret Hart fan. But the parallels between those two matches to me are also very obvious. You have you have a veteran. Now, this wasn't Bret Hart wasn't coming back from being away for seven years, but you have a veteran in punk um, and Bret Hart in those two matches where they're they're made men. Like they're they're fine. And then you have the young, scrappy, underdog babyface in Darby and One Two Three Kid, um, who hopefully those veterans are helping to elevate. And I think in both cases they did. Um, so, so I think the the homages were cool. Um, I didn't catch them during the match because I'm not somebody who remembers. Oh yeah, there was that. You know, I might remember a certain spot in the match, but I don't remember like, oh yeah, 1993 on Raw, Bret Hart and One Two Three Kid started the exact same way. Like my brain does not work that way. Kudos to the people who figured that out because my brain does not click on those. I'm sure I saw that match. Like, I don't have a vivid memory of watching that match, but I watched every Raw back then, so I know I saw it. Um, but yeah, when they started out that way, I wasn't like, oh, that's just like 1993 um, or whatever year it was. Um, but I, I do think those parallels are cool, and I think Darby's going to be just fine. I'm curious to see what's next for Darby Allen. Maybe I see some of that on, on Dynamite when I watch it, but... Uh, I think that's going to come tonight. Uh, not not a spoiler. There, I mean, again, this is again one of those things. There's just so many angles to right. cover, and only two hours of TV on Wednesday. So, um, and that's okay. Again, I don't need to eat the whole this the buffet uh, all in one night. Um, you you will find out on Wednesday, I believe, the next steps for CM Punk, which which again I'm eager to conversate with you on. And again, I'm not, I, I, I have no. I have no distaste for it. I'll say that now. Um, but I, and again, hopefully that gives you no spoiler whatsoever. I've seen a picture, so I think I do know at least a little bit of where it's heading, but not the specifics. Um, so I'm curious to see how that plays. Um, yeah, I thought this was great. I thought um, apparently they did sell uh, at Rampage, or not, yeah, Rampage, um, and maybe at Dynamite earlier in the week, and then at All Out, they did sell the ice cream bars, I heard, uh, in Chicago. Eight bucks an ice cream bar. Um, that's an expensive ice cream bar, but I've heard it was very good. Um, and and I listened. Uh, Punk was on Renee Paquette. Uh, Paquette, am I saying that right? Anyways, used to be Renee Young, John Moxley's wife. Um, her podcast, Oral Sessions. He was on. They recorded it the Saturday before All Out. I don't know when her podcast drops, um, or or maybe it came out that Saturday. I'm not sure, but. Uh, I listened to it yesterday in all of my driving around and uh, great interview. Really interesting to hear Punk talk about kind of who he was back when he was working for WWE. He actually never mentions them by name. Um, he just says where I used to work um, all the time. He doesn't really call them out by name, which is interesting. Um, but he mentioned that the ice cream bars that got handed out at Rampage at his debut, he footed the bill. 15,000 ice cream bars, he footed the bill. So even if he got him for, let's say, two bucks an ice cream bar, which maybe even got him for one, let's call it a buck, he shelled out 15 grand. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm quite sure his contract with AEW allows him to shell out 15 grand and not feel bad about it. But kudos to Punk. Um, I got to give him that. 
and it was just cool to hear him from like a, a mental health standpoint, talk about like where he was um, seven years ago and where he is now. So I, I'm excited to see this version, I guess, of CM Punk and maybe even this version of Phil Brooks, um, the guy, you know, and, and see how that translates into what he does now in AEW. So well, I didn't know that happened, but I just downloaded it. So thank you. And uh, when we're done here today and I get uh, into the rest of my day, that will be awesome to listen to in the background. Yeah, it's well worth it. Well worth it. I think it's like an hour, maybe not even, um, but a well worth an interview. So um, anything else on Punk and Darby? No, just again, I don't want to be blasphemous and say magical. Um, and I don't know that, that is a blasphemous statement, but it was pretty close to to magical um, because of just the aligning of all of the things there. And, and I really appreciated just after the match that Punk, I think, really like let loose. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, he, yeah. um, you know, he commented, you know, with some colorful language about it being seven years. And just I think like the, I think getting through that and getting to the end and then knowing the reception it got live. And I'm sure that the reception carries on beyond that because it, it was very top notch was something like it was cathartic for him. And he let yeah. that he let that show. Yep, and I, I like that. Like, I know they're all care, they're all playing characters, but there's real human beings. Um, and and Phil Brooks, the real human being, has been gone from wrestling for seven years. He had to have some of those thoughts of, you know, he knows he can still do it, but can he still do it? You know, when he gets out there in front of a crowd, is he going to freeze? Is he going to miss something? You know, is he going to hurt somebody? Is he going to hurt himself? And he got through it, and it went, you know, pretty well. I would I would think he would be pretty happy with the performance. Um, so yeah, it was. I agree, it was cool to see that. Well, let's just kind of keep working our way back. Uh, Jericho MJF, Jericho wins, doesn't lose his AEW career. I don't know that there's a whole lot to say about that. I mean, I thought it was it was good. It was it yeah, was good. It, it was it was a great story. Um, you know, this is again, I think from a big perspective and ongoing storytelling, MJF's the only second loss in AEW. Right. Lost to Moxley, lost to Jericho, but arguably he won the feud already. Even this is the the the, the blow off, for lack of a better term. And, 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 and is it though because you know, you still have inner circle pinnacle stuff. Maybe I don't. I, I don't know. We'll see. And, 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 if they, and if they don't do that, like if they if they walk off into the sunset and we don't have pinnacle inner circle anymore, I'm I'm okay with that. Yep, uh, I'm satisfied. I I love MJF's entrance. Uh, oh, that was, thank you for saying that. I I meant to bring that up and I didn't think of it, so you just said it. Go ahead, Tom. No, it just it was great. It was just so so good. And then, and, and he got me. He got me. Yeah. Um, when he when he came out with the count nine, I'm like, oh, how cool! They're doing an homage to his debut, and because this might be his last match, oh, this is cool. And then it spins and says Jericho is dead, and I went, oh, son of a, he got me. Uh, like, and of course he would. The, the heel should come up first, right? I mean, duh. Um, oh, well done, MJF, and whoever else was involved in that decision. Jericho probably, um, Tony Khan, whoever. Well, well done. Uh, yeah, and I thought it was good. It, it served its purpose. Um, let's see. What was uh, Casino Royale? Battle Royale was was there. Um, Ruby Soho gets the win in her debut. I, I thought I thought it was a good Battle Royale. I mean, Battle Royals are what they are. I thought the everybody worked well. Um, nothing terribly shocking in there other than obviously the debut of Ruby. I loved when she won at the end and Bryce Ramsberg was there. And of course they have lots of history from the independent scene. And she says, hi Bryce. 
and jumps into his arms to hug him. I thought that was pretty cool. Again, the human being side coming out in, in the pro wrestling ring. I was nervous when Jade Cargo came out because I had forgotten about Jade. And I go, oh, that's actually someone who could win this. Uh, and again, I, I, there, she, she's very well protected. Um, and not winning a battle royal isn't damaging to her at all. Uh, I, think there's, I think there's a lot of room for her to grow. Uh, and yeah. so I'm glad she didn't win because in my mind, she'd have been someone who like you don't rush right into a match with Britt. Um, and I don't want them to do that with Ruby either. I hope they kind of, you know, give us some, give us a little bit of time. Again, that that's going to be an overarching opinion. I think I have with AEW of let's let this like let's let's let it play out. There's no need to rush through things. Yeah, exactly. You're playing the long game, not the short game. Um, I actually like in my own mind, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have had Ruby win. Now. Ruby has history in Chicago, so I get it. They hit, you know, um, I, I don't know if she's from Chicago. I can't remember, but I know she had a lot of uh, a lot of her independent time was spent in freelance and and um, obviously Chikara before that shut down, which uh, her and Bryce, you know, got to know each other. And um, I know she spent a lot of time around the Chicago area, so I, I get it. I just don't know that I would have done it because now you have to get to a Ruby Brit match. Not next week by any means, but in the next, say, month or two, um, where I don't know that you had to do that right away. Um, but, you know, do I think it was a horrible decision? No, no absolutely not. Um, and then the alternative, though, like we talked about and was our pick, Thunder Rosa. And again, that also is something you can build to. I also love that Thunder Rosa, like, was like, oh, this was my spot. Like, and she's still highly ranked. So, like, there's, there's a lot of uh, positive energy at the top of the card uh, for the women's division in AEW. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that was good. Um, then we get to the tag title cage match. Uh, Penta and Ray Phoenix win the cage match. That was the tallest cage I think I've ever seen. Um, and our friend John brought up that the cage in AEW doesn't hook to the apron. It goes all the way to the floor. And that it, I agree with him. It looks dangerous. Um, I think it's so that they can do the apron moves, which I don't already have a cage i don't know that you need those um but nobody got hurt in that you know nobody got a foot stuck or anything in that that realm um so it worked out okay uh, I, I hate saying things like this and i'm going to turn around and do it anyways maybe one of the best cage matches i've ever seen match of the year matt this is the 2021 match of the year for me uh a hundred percent the 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 in-ring work, the story, the drama, every single thing. Like the young bucks are when their final time in professional wrestling is done. And I don't think that it will end when their in-ring ends because of their uh, upper management role in AEW. They're, they're going to be credited with, revolutionizing the pro wrestling business and they're doing it in 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 multiple ways and they've already done it in multiple ways i i i was literally just standing watching this match i couldn't sit when i watched this match i couldn't sit at the end of the night when colin danielson came out i couldn't sit during punk and darby that that is the type of visceral response i want to get when i watch pro wrestling I've had it before when I've been live for Samoa Joe versus CM Punk and when Age of the Fall debuted and other times in the past. That's that's the point 
That's the point. When you are emotionally invested in something, and again, we do it for football. You're going to hope to do it on Sunday. Spoiler, you won't be able to because the Rams are going to put the Bears in a cage. Boo! <laughs> uh, Bears will still finish higher than the Lions. Put it on the board. Uh, I sorry, sorry to take that shot, Jim. I thought I thought I, I, thought, I thought I could squeeze hey, it in. Hey, there. We're going to make quick picks of NFL picks later in the show. Hush, we're talking all out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, but no, that's that's just that's just what I want in 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 my experience as a pro wrestling fan. And this did it. This absolutely did it. And 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 it, I do agree with you. That's that cage is scary. And when people slide through the apron or the side and then the cage, it it doesn't appear to be comfortable. It doesn't appear to have a lot of give or movement. Clearly there is. Pentagon is like the largest, widest man in this match. And he was the one that ended up in that spot first. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it does give you a different element of how you can do things in the context of a cage in these AWK matches. Yeah. I, I, I don't have a ranking of matches of the year, as you know. Um, I am tracking how many matches I watch. And I know you were doing that as well. Um, I'm well into the 800s now. I don't know where you're at, Tom, but uh, I I can't argue with you that this would be the match of the year. Um, I don't know that I've said holy crap to anything more than during this match. Um, you know, Ray Phoenix coming off the top uh, top of the cage. You knew somebody was like that has to happen, right? Okay, so and Phoenix makes the most sense. Um, that was awesome. I mean, the, they just the ultimate Canadian destroyer from the yes. top rope, standing top. on the top rope. Yes, like like the fact that the I think that was Matt Jackson. The fact that he has a neck anymore <laughs> is amazing. Like like the, the, and by the way, not the finish. <laughs> right, not the immediate impact of that. Yeah. So and, and so my one critique, and this doesn't take away my enjoyment of the match, was that the finish like seemed to be. Not as impactful as things that preceded it. Now, granted, it's again, it's a story. It's the long-standing, you know, wear and tear of the entire match. Um, and maybe it was just the camera angle it was shot from that made me feel like it was less than. Uh, but I do love that then Phoenix went and and blocked uh, Matt from from intervening in and breaking up the pinfall. Yeah, and and that is the one. Uh, I don't know the one, but um, that is the struggle with matches like this where you have crazy non-finish after crazy non-finish after crazy non-finish uh it's it's the one where i and i think i probably said this to you even at a live show at some point where like he's gonna have to shoot him to beat him at this point like you know that seems to be the only logical finish because what could he hit that's more devastating than a canadian destroyer or or lucha destroyer or whatever new name they want to give it um we'll talk about that naming moves differently in in a minute here too about in another match but uh you know, you hit a Canadian destroyer off standing on the top rope, not even you're on the top and the other guy's on the second. No, you're both on the top. You hit it. What are you going to hit? That's more devastating than that. Um, so yeah, holy phenomenal match. Um, kudos to all four guys for putting their bodies on the line. I'm, I'm excited. Well, I didn't see it coming. Um, I'm excited for the Lucha brothers as AW tag team champions. Frankly, I think it's overdue. Um, I also think Santana and Ortiz are overdue. Um, I think Santana and Ortiz in New York challenging for the titles could be interesting. Oh, if that awesome. would be a thing. That would um, be awesome. Although, do you do that and then not put the belts on them? And I don't really want to see them hot shot the belts right off the Lucha Brothers either. So that might be hard. But you just, 
St. Energy's in New York. Come on, they got to do something big, right? Um, I think that'll be really interesting to see. Um, and that just commented said destroyer off the top cage, top of the cage, dangerous. Um, that that would have been the only other thing they could have done, really, <laughs> that they didn't do. Um, crazy good match. If you haven't seen this match, if you haven't seen this pay per view, go out of your way and buy the thing. I don't know in this day and age when everything you know. WWE Network is five bucks a month on Peacock and Ring of Honor Honor Club is 10 bucks a month. And, you know, you can buy GCW shows that are crazy good for like 15 bucks, maybe 20 bucks. It's hard for me to say that like hard, it would be hard for me normally to say like, go spend $50 on this one three hour show because you can watch the first hour for free on, on YouTube. I think, I think it's still there. Um, go spend the money. It's worth 50 bucks. If you have the $50 and the means to do it, you know, and can spend that in your budget, it's worth it. 100% this show is worth it. And while you're watching this show, make sure you watch this match because best match of the night on a night that was filled with great matches. Um, now, some people might not call this the best match of the night because they like something a little different in wrestling. They don't like the car crash quite as much or, or something like that. Fine. Awesome. You will find something on the show you enjoy. There's no question in my mind. You will find something on the show you enjoy. And and it's worth noting, too, Excalibur does a fantastic job on commentary telling the story of these teams and their history. Uh, and that that just really – that is just part of – that's part of building everything that unfolded in this match. And, and one other thing that I just want to comment on is afterwards, like, you could see Penta – you know, mimicking to the crowd, and then you see that it's his daughters coming out, and they're and they're emotional, and he's bloody, and he's just pouring out blood, and and the, the referees are like, we gotta go, we gotta stay, keep the show on time, and again, I th- not everyone may not may know that, right? But again, I think you and I've watched enough wrestling to kind of know, like you can see when there's an urgency in referees' eyes or or motions, they know they got to keep things moving because everything's on a tight schedule. You only have so much satellite time, um, right? But Penta was like, no, I you know. This, I need to make sure that my daughters know that I'm okay. And, you know, and this is a moment I want to share with them. Once again, we talked about him punk. We talked about the Ruby, the human being coming out in the pro wrestling. I think that stuff is great because hopefully then you remember that they're human beings. And so when they do screw up, um, for instance, Kenny Omega, let's back up to the main event for one minute. He tried to do the springboard onto the railing and he slipped right off the darn railing. And I love that he didn't let the crowd get him for it. He looked at him and kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, that happened. Watch what I do anyways. Um, And then jumped back up and did it. Pro, absolute pro at that point. Like, I'm not going to let that throw me off. I'm still going to get my move in. You know, I'm going to get my in, you know, as Brian Cage would say. Um, (laughs) I love it. But it's the the human being side coming out. Um, I, I love that stuff. It helps the connection. Like, these are just people doing what they love. And, and that's part of what I love about pro wrestling. Um, and part of what AEW has helped rekindle um, in my love for pro wrestling. So kudos on that. Uh, we have already gone an hour deep on this show and we still got a couple more matches, but I think we'll start having a little less to say about each of them. But the uh, women's title match uh, was, was neck or back backing up was before this. Um, here's the one that I wanted to mention the, the move name change. Uh, the Pittsburgh plunge instead of the Panama plunge. Uh, plunge, is that right? Am I saying that right? I think it is. Um, uh, I think it was the Pittsburgh sunrise. 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 Yeah. I, as I was saying that, I'm like, that's Pepsi plunge, Jim. That's that's another cool move off the top rope. And I, If his knees can do it, I'd love to see Punk pull that out sometime in AEW. But um, 
you know, I don't know that he wants to jump off the top rope or second rope and land on his knees anymore in the middle of the ring. But uh, yeah, the, the Pittsburgh sunrise instead of the Panama sunrise, I thought was a, a nice little nod and a little bit of a wink to what obviously she knew was coming later on in the night. Um, because uh, I'm pretty sure Britt was not surprised that her boyfriend showed up on Sunday night. Um, but uh, I, I thought this was good. I, a good match. I thought Statlander was right there with her. I, I thought they had a nice match, a good match. The right person won. No ch- no chance you need to be taking that title off Britt Baker anytime soon. And maybe that's part of why I didn't want Ruby to win the, the uh, Battle Royal, because I almost feel like beating Ruby Soho in her first title match, I, I don't know that I want to do that, but uh, don't take that belt off Britt anytime soon. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to play out, but I agree with you. I don't want Britt to lose anytime soon. Uh, I, she's just such a good character the charisma level of so many talents in AEW is off the charts. And that's, and, and again, that speaks to the connection they have with the audience. So um, that's huge. The match that preceded this was Moxley over Satoshi Kojima. Again, slobber knocker, a little bit less than a slobber knocker, but really enjoyable, really fun to see Kojima here. Like we talked about a week ago and the outcome was what we thought it would be. Uh, but the story really comes after the match when Minoru Suzuki hits. And oh my word. Like that, that is, so, so we've already talked about the holy crap moments of Cole and Danielson showing up at the end. Here you have the second match of the pay per view, and it comes to an end. And you've got Minoru Suzuki. Now, again, if you don't know Minoru Suzuki or you're not following him, and there may have been a bunch of the audience who, who, either live, probably not because they sang along with this team, but maybe on pay-per-view, like you, you got it immediately when, when they went head to head in the ring. And I was really surprised about the level of physicality that, that it, that it gave us with these two, which automatically led to what became Wednesday, the homecoming match for Moxley of these two on dynamite. Yeah. I I'm looking forward to seeing that on dynamite. Um, I know they've already had the one match in new Japan, um, Suzuki, I think he's in his fifties. Might even be. I think he's, he's in his fifties. He's in his fifties, yeah. Um, but still, one of the scariest, most violent men, um, in the world. It feels like. I mean, so he still has that aura. Um, and I love that they just, yeah. All right, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna beat the tar out of each other right now, and set it up. I'm glad that we got it right away. Um, and I know Suzuki is spending some time here in the States um, and, and doing a number of matches. He's got a match with Jonathan Gresham at a GCW show coming up. Uh, he's got a number of other matches I've seen on Twitter uh, that look pretty intriguing uh, as well. But uh, I'm glad he got a chance to come into AEW, whether it's even just for the one match or, or anything else. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, that that I'm looking forward to on Dynamite big time. And yeah, I know it's the, an event, so I got to wait for it. The the big story is going to be like, where does Moxa go? Is does he continue to just have this this murderer's row of like going after international talents? Um, because that's what it seemed to be recently. We talked about Tanahashi being maybe the end, the final boss, to use a video game term. Yep. Uh, or or is it something else? I, again, I don't think that Wednesday will give us or give you and you watch it any um, real sense. And that's okay. It doesn't have to. Again, it's a story. There's a lot of chapters in a story. Absolutely. 
And then the, the opener was the TNT title match, uh, Miro and Eddie Kingston. I thought this was exactly what I figured it would be. Two guys beat the tar out of each other. I like that the finish, and we'll see. Again, I haven't seen Dynamite. Don't know if they even follow up on it. But um, it left the, the possibility open that this issue is not done between Miro and Eddie Kingston. And I hope I hope it's not. Yeah, this this actually, this, this of all the matches on this card, this one over-delivered for me. And I was really happy that it did. I'm a huge Eddie Kingston fan. I think that because of his journey in pro wrestling to get this at this point in the game for him, it's I just again it's that human piece. I I I am thankful. I am I, I thankful is the wrong term. I'm happy for him as a human. I don't know the guy. I, I know I know one time at an evolve show, um, he was out on the floor selling and he looked up and winked at a kid and and made a comment. You know, and again, he broke character and whatever. And you know, that's probably people probably have opinions, you know, good, bad, or otherwise on that. But it was that human element right then and there. And it's like he's always been real. And you know, go back to last uh, Friday's rampage that preceded the show and the whole redeem these nuts. Uh, you know, <laughs> he's just he's just got a way with words and believability. Like he's someone yes. that like. I think he's a sweetheart, probably in real life, just like you talked about Adam Cole. But when they, when that, when the camera goes on and they get in the ring, I don't want to be left alone with them. <laughs> right? They're, they're dangerous. Right? Yeah, I would not want to be on the other side of Eddie Kingston um, at any point. Uh, I thought that was good. Uh, the the tag in the buy-in show was what it was. Send the fans home or start the show off happy. I thought it was fine. Um, Annette says, I don't want to spoil anything, but there appears to be more to the Suzuki Mock story. All right. Well, thank you for not spoiling anything, and uh, we'll we'll see where that goes. Um, we spent an hour and 10 minutes on this show, basically. Um, anything else you want to say? I just, great show. Go see it if you haven't, is my yeah, thought. No, anything no, else, Tom? That is the, um, that is it. I mean, that's, that is the, that, that is the overarching response. Like, this was, this was pro wrestling and this was near perfection. Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. It's you're gonna be hard pressed to find a better show standalone show this year. I think um, now some people might say wrestle kingdom one at one of the nights of wrestle kingdom, which man, there's three nights of wrestle kingdom next year, Tom, I have no idea how I'm supposed to make oh, time I, to see all of that. I didn't, I didn't see that it had stretched to three. Yikes. Yeah. The fourth, the fifth, and I think the ninth, I want to say eighth or ninth is going to be. So I'm not sure what's going on with New Year's Dash, but they haven't announced that either. But three nights of Wrestle Kingdom next year. Um, I, goodness. Um, but that being here, neither here nor there, I, go see this show. Enough said. Let's talk about another show that I hope we're glowing about next week. Um, I don't, you know, it's going to be hard. I think, honestly, being the week after All Out, it, um, the show is in, a, in an unenviable uh, position in some ways for those of us that watch both companies. Uh, but it's Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor. Uh, we'll be making our head-to-head -head picks here. Uh, Tom, again, I, I have the one match I should say lead over Tom. Um, so Tom will make the first pick. But before we get to picks, we're going to talk about the match that's going to happen in hour number one, uh, which is their free preview show, their first hour on YouTube. Now, I should say, Tom, I think we've talked about this before. I don't believe either of us are planning on watching this show live. I mean, it's also NFL Sunday, so that, 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 that that's NFL the other Sunday. that's the other unenviable position that that this card is up against. 
My son also plays fall baseball, and his games only happen on Sundays, and we've got a doubleheader. Uh, so I most likely will be recording the Lions game and watching that, like, which is good because I'll get to fast forward through commercials. But I'm going to literally have to lock my phone in a drawer and not have it on me at all on Sunday because I don't want fantasy spoilers. I don't want football spoilers, which is weird to say, football spoilers. But um, I know what you mean, though. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I'm not looking forward to Sunday um, <laughs> from, 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 like, managing my entertainment uh, options. Uh, to say the least. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I am very intrigued about the Sunday night football matchup. I don't know if I'll even be able to watch that live as it happens, based on what precedes in my day. So, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know when I will get to watch this. I have the unenviable position of scoring our fantasy uh, wrestling league this week, and this is the last event. So, um, not that our group that participates there has been uh, ungracious at all with uh, our delays lately. Uh, name, namely mine, uh, because I've been working so hard to not um, miss live uh, or, or wrestling on demand and be spoiled by it. It's taken a couple of extra days to get things tallied for the week. I think that's just fine, and I, I think you should take the time you need to see this, too, if you want. Um, I, I'll be honest, I don't know if I'm going to end up seeing this show, because Sunday uh, I have trivia, and then uh, come home, and I could watch the show but as you mentioned that Sunday night football matchup that seems somewhat intriguing to you happens to include my team the Bears um so I I will be coming home and watching the Bears game period end of sentence it, it's not even close for me um it's the first game of the season it's the Bears I don't get to see all of the Bears games out here by any means because I live in Nebraska um so this is a nationally televised game so I get it I'm watching the Bears um now, by halftime, I might want to go back and see if I can start the Honor Club sh- or the uh, stream on this show and, and rewind to the beginning because by halftime, that game might be out of reach. But that also might mean Justin Fields plays in the second half, in which case, I'll be watching the Bears game. Uh, but all of that said, going to get to the NFL in a little bit here. Um, I, and then my week next week is kind of busy, so I just don't know. Um, it, it might very well be that I read the report and then go back and watch things, you know, if I see that I need to see some of it. Uh, we're going to talk about the honor rumble though. We're not going to make, we, we may make a pick. We may talk about who he thinks wins, but this is not an official pick that counts in our head to head because it's so much of crapshoot. Um, it, it's basically their Royal rumble. Um, and it's 15 competitors in this one. Uh, the 10 that have been announced so far, are Dan Housen, beer city bruiser, brawler Malonis, PJ black, Brian, Jan- Brian Johnson, Dak Draper, Ray Horace, Joe Keys, Sledge, and Silas Young. And there will be five more, and they said there will be some surprises. Um, so I would assume maybe two or three of these people that are left will be other Ring of Honor stars who maybe are not, like a PCO perhaps, or somebody like that who isn't already booked. Um, and then you'll have, uh, you know, world, a couple. World, fam- world famous CB. Yeah, CB could be in there, absolutely. Um, there are certainly some folks who could be in there. Maybe Flip comes in in some sort of a new gimmick since he thinks it's uh, 2008 or something. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah or yeah, it's it's weird. I, I haven't, I haven't, uh, I, I only read a snippet about that. I haven't seen anything. So yeah, that'll be yeah, weird. I, I saw the video, which immediately told me the whole memory thing is totally storyline. So um, I'm, I'm glad to hear that it's storyline. I'm glad he's not actually, you know, having those problems in real life. That's good. Um, but it made me go right back to not caring. Um, so maybe he'll show up. Um, at least it'll be on the free part. Uh, you know, looking at these names, if anybody from these 10 win, 
um, Ray Horace, I guess, would be my stab at the dark because a Ray Horace Bandito match could be really fun. Um, wouldn't hate Brian Johnson just because I think the promos would be fun. I think he's a good talker. Um, but yeah, I Ray Horace would be my just throw a dart. I think it's probably more likely that it's one of the five um, unannounced and maybe one of the surprises. Maybe they do bring in a a un you know maybe they, maybe Alex Zane ends up in this honor rumble um, since he's not in that match between the two release stars that we mentioned earlier. Alex Zane beat Bandito in their one on one match at Ring of Honor in the past, so Zane comes in, wins the honor rumble, and goes on to get a world title shot because he beat Bandito in the past. I, there's a story you could tell there. So I could see something like that. But if you just stick to the 10, again, these aren't counting. Uh, Ray Horace, maybe, or Alex Zane would be my other ones. Yeah, um, I like those options. The only other thing I'll bring to the table is um, I think there's something brewing with Silas Young and his disdain for luchadors. Uh, that kind of presented itself during uh, Glory by Honor weekend. So I think a Silas Young bandito match again, much like when we have a hard time picking money in the bank sometimes because we think it's the champion that's the champion then who that person may cash in on. Um, you know, I think we had to kind of do the same thing here. Who out of this group uh, do we potentially see Bandito facing? I think I think there could be a story between Silas and Bandito if that were to materialize. I have to say, I really, and maybe I should say this for the, the world title match, I really wish they would stop saying, like, Bandito, and, and you have to remember now, Bandito could lose the title at any time because they never said that with Roosh. And they never said that with any other previous champion. So to me, they're making it sound like Bandito is more beatable than most champions. Um, and I, I don't think it helps build him as a champion. I just, they they say these things in weird ways that I, I wish they wouldn't because I feel like they're saying he's a fluke champion almost. And I just, I don't think that's ever a good idea for your champion. And certainly Bandito, who is not, um, you know, I don't know. It annoys me when they say that. So Delirious, stop telling him to say it. Um, in case you're listening. Uh, we already know that Adam Cole listens because, as I mentioned on our, our friends group, um, a few weeks back, I told him, run, don't walk, get away from WWE because they're going to do something stupid with you on the main roster. Little did I know how stupid it could be. Um, and and he listened and he went to AEW. So we know we've at least got Adam Cole, baby. So good morning, Mr. Cole. Um, Tom, you get to make your first pick, though, on a match that I think it's total dark throw, so I don't know where you're going to go. Uh, two of the released wrestlers, as they mentioned in the past, Jake Atlas and Taylor Rust, formerly Tyler Rust in uh, NXT and formerly Rust Taylor in Ring of Honor. So interesting that he just flipped the names to be a little closer maybe to his NXT name. That's my guess. Um, we kind of talked about that before we went on air. Your pick, Tom, Atlas, Taylor. Yeah, so I'm going to go Taylor Rust, and uh, I think you could really coin flip here and go either direction, and we don't know what Ring of Honor will do with either of these, if anything, afterwards. Uh, for all we know, someone could debut and destroy both these guys, which I think would be foolish. Uh, I, my pick is Taylor Rust because of how strong he looked in the Pure Tournament a year ago, and I think that um, having more challengers for the Pure Division make a lot of sense, and he makes a lot of sense for whomever the pure champion is. So that's why I picked Taylor. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going the same way for the exact same reason. That was the same thing I was thinking, Tom, will I be shocked if Jake Atlas wins? Absolutely not. I think Jake Atlas is super talented and I hope if he stays in ring of honor for any, you know, if he's, if this is more than a one-off um, I, I would be excited to see him get a chance to show what he can do in ring of honor or PWG or anywhere he might land. Um, 
but Rust makes a lot of sense. I think that Pure Division needs some more star power, and and I think Taylor Rust can be that. Um, coming off his, albeit somewhat short run in NXT, uh, that got got the legs cut out from it as it was really just getting started in the Diamond Mind, uh, but uh, Diamond Mine, not Mind. Um, <laughs> I heard that too. I was like, <laughs> the Diamond Mind. Yeah, my as I after I said it, my brain went, "What did you just say?" <laughs> what was that? Um, uh, so I, yeah, I think Taylor Russ makes a lot of sense here. Um, as you said, builds in that pure division a little bit more. Um, not that Atlas can't do the pure division, but he's a little more of a flyer, I think, with his stuff. So uh, I, I think this will be an interesting match to watch. I think I'm, I'm intrigued to see. This is one that actually I'm looking forward to because um, to see them both outside of what they've been able to do in, in NXT, I think will be interesting uh, to see how far they've come. I, I was not familiar with T Russ Taylor in the past. Um, before the Pure Tournament, I thought he looked pretty good in the Pure Tournament. Um, Atlas I was a little familiar with before NXT, but not super. I knew his name more than seeing a lot of his work. Um, so I'm interested to see them now with the, the handcuffs off, so to speak. Wouldn't it have been funny if actually he should have come back as Russ Taylor, but they actually wrote his name Taylor, Russ, and someone missed the comma? And they just promoted it as Taylor Rust. It's a part of me that believes that absolutely could have happened. Now that you say <laughs> I, it. I know um, that's that's why that's why I bring it up. I hopefully not. Hopefully not. But I and if, it, and if it did at this point, just go. No, that was what we meant to do. Shut up. It's Taylor Rust. Uh, <laughs> can you see him watching like the week to week video? Mean like what that? What is that? That's not my name. <laughs> precisely. Precisely. Uh, speaking of the pure division, where we have a six man tag next to pick, uh, which is. Interesting. It's Violence Unlimited of Chris Dickinson, Homicide, and Tony Deppen, the World Tag Team Champions, and Tony Deppen versus John Walters, the past of the Pure Division. LSG, I, I guess the present. I mean, that's what they're calling him. I know he's in the Pure Division, but I don't think of him. I know he's in the Pure Division, but it doesn't that doesn't grab me as like, oh, LSG, yeah, Pure Division wrestler. And Lee Moriarty, uh, who will be making what appears to be maybe his only Ring of Honor appearance. Um, as spoiler alert, I apologize, Tom, if I'm ruining anything for you, but uh, he does appear on AEW's Dark Elevation this coming Monday. They taped it beforehand, and Tony Khan gives him an AEW contract. So apparently, Lee Moriarty is all elite. Um, so Ring of Honor well, debut, de de debut and uh, departure on the same day. Right. So they did put out yesterday that Moriarty will be there on Sunday because um, there were definitely a lot of people on the uh, Ring of Honor uh, experience page that were bemoaning um, that Moriarty had signed, put, uh, assumingly, uh, allegedly, there we go, with AEW and, and would he be there and all of those kinds of things. And why didn't uh, Ring of Honor sign him when they had the chance? And Okay, PSA. For everybody on the Ring of Honor experience page who doesn't listen to our, our show, probably. Ring of Honor can sign people, certainly. But just because you want them to sign people doesn't mean either A, that Ring of Honor is going to sign them, or B, that they want to sign with Ring of Honor. There have been a whole lot of people talking about Fred Yehi and that they should be signing Fred Yehi. Yehi has been on record saying he doesn't want to sign with anybody right now exclusively. He wants to be able to do what he's doing and bounce around and, and work a whole bunch of different places. Some guys want to do that. And that's not on Ring of Honor to sign them. Like There's nothing, we don't know that Ring of Honor hasn't offered Fred Yehi a contract. And he said, yeah, I'd rather just do my per appearance or whatever he's working on with them right now. Stop making it seem like Ring of Honor can't, you know, like it's Ring of Honor's fault. They're not signing people. Like, 
maybe people just don't want to sign right now. And that's okay. They want to see what's out there. And somebody like Ali Moriarty, I think, is smart to see what's out there. Look, I love Ring of Honor, but if you can sign with Ring of Honor, who appears on the Sinclair stations on 900 different various times in all of the different markets they're in, or you can sign with the companies on TNT twice a week, who are you signing with? If all things are equal outside of that. And they're probably not even equal. So anyways, let's talk about this match. It's my pick first. Um, I mean, Violence Unlimited has to win this match. I don't understand why you would put the other team over, especially with Moriarty not being there. Um, so, uh, you know, I think you either pin Moriarty potentially because, hey, he's only going to be there once. That makes the most sense to me. Um, I, honestly, you can beat any one of the three of them. I don't think it matters. I think this will be a good match. Deppin is not a bad um, wrestler at all. Uh, Dickinson actually is is really good wrestling as well. I mean, yes, he's kind of more of a violent guy, but he actually can wrestle. Homicide can wrestle. We know that. So I think this is going to be an interesting, like, how much do the does Violence Unlimited wrestle versus the pure guys? And then at some point, my guess is they start that way. They get frustrated because the pure guys are kind of getting the upper hand, and then the violence piece comes out, and they just start beating them down. Um, but I think Violence Unlimited wins this match. I think it'll be a fun match to watch, though. I agree. Our picks are the same here. It's violence for me. And uh, the only thing that I'll say in, in opposition of you, and it's not really opposition, it's just one more thing. I think the one guy that they do want to protect, they being Ring of Honor, is LSG here because I think they Probably. see that that there's something more in him. I, and I think he's pretty talented as well. So, uh, yeah, Walters or Moriarty take the fall, in my opinion. And uh, I, I think this is a mechanism to get Violence Unlimited back into, like, maybe lethal Titus and Williams as another variation. Like, like this is kind of like the, the precursor to, to that. Very well could be. Um, I should say as well in the Honor Rumble, we could see uh, the, the Foundation only has one member on this card. Um, so maybe there's some Foundation members in that that Honor Rumble as well. Now that you just brought them up, that clicked with me. Um Tom, you get the first pick, uh, and I feel like we're just flying through this card, but uh, we'll have more to say on some of these matches. Um, you get the first pick on a tag team match between the Briscoes and the OGK of Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. Um, the Briscoes obviously reforming the tag team not long ago, and uh, OGK doing kind of their thing. First time we're going to see Matt Taven since the cage match, though. So what say you about this tag match? Yeah, well, before, I think we're flying through this only because the TV has been dominated predominantly, dominated yes. predominantly, is that an oxymoron, by the women's title tournament. So a lot of these matches, you have to have some context back to Glory Bound our weekend and or some of the longer things that they've been attempting to tell a story in. Um, and But I think that there hasn't been enough maybe TV time, which is okay. They, these don't all need TV time. There's, there's, there's always a, a connection to be made. Um, so that's, that's, I think that's part of it for me, at least. Uh, my pick, my pick here is the Briscoes. I don't know where we go with the OGK. I think, I, I think you're going to see, uh, the, the good, I'm glad you made the point. This is the first time seeing Taven following the cage match loss. Don't know where he's at with his head, his, his, his career, what have you. Um, is that going to be a factor? Is that going to be part of a story here? I think we both agree and know that and maybe it's final battle. Maybe it's the 20th anniversary show. The path is the Briscoes are going to be challenging at some point for the Ring of Honor tag team titles. And these uh, steps they're taking match by match are building towards that eventual outcome. 
yeah, Briscoes are my my pick for a lot of the same reasons you just said. I, I agree. They're building towards the Briscoes getting a tag title shot. Um, I should say to back up to the last match just for a minute, I kind of hate that the tag champs are in a six man that has no real story behind it other than they want to face three pure wrestlers. Um, I just think we should have a tag title match. I know we're it, getting one on TV this weekend. It's been uh, really weird from, from a Ring of Honor perspective that all of the pay-per-views that preceded this, it was always a big, we have to make sure that all of our titles are defended. Like that was a selling point. And they've, right. done, they've done a hard pivot with this show. Yep. And they made a comment on TV last week around Dragon Lee, and I'm going to talk about that when we get to that match here in a couple minutes. So um, that didn't make sense to me. Um, but uh, I think I think the Briscoes win this match, and I think part of that is going to be the story that we see with Taven. I'm kind of guessing he's going to be dejected, maybe not uh, not connected to what's going on in the match. I don't know. Or, or, or does he get distracted by Vincent? I kind of hope not. Let's move on. Um, we can tell the story of Matt Taven, you know, going down a spiral or something like that, but let's let the, re the, um, I almost said the revival, goodness gracious, the righteous go and do their own thing. Now, Vincent's obviously getting a world title shot. It was really weird to see him ranked number three in the world title rankings. I have to admit, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the deal that from the cage match. So, um, we could see the righteous here. I kind of hope we don't, though, because I'm ready for both the OGK and the righteous to move on to other things. Even if Taven's new storyline is caused by the end of the feud with the righteous, I'm okay with that. I just don't need to see them continuing to battle each other because then at that point, like, can they fight anybody else? Because I kind of feel like, no, like, what's the righteous ever going to do without the OGK if they don't move them on to something else? So Briscoe's get this win, they move on. Um, Final battle makes the most sense for that tag title match, but you know we've seen things happen in different orders that we didn't think made as much sense in the past to in both Ring of Honor and other uh, companies as well. Okay, Tom, I know you and I have different opinions on this match because we talked about this just slightly beforehand while we were running down the lineup for the show today. Uh, I called this the bathroom break match of the show for me. Um, I have to admit, unless something really strange happens, if I end up going back and only watching matches from the show and not the show in whole, uh, this is this is not what I'm planning to watch, to be perfectly honest. Dalton Castle versus Eli Isom. Uh, you have the first pick, so I'm going to let you uh, – or no, do I have the first pick? I have the you, first pick. Yeah, you do, actually. I mean, you know, we've only been doing this 58 episodes. You think I could figure this out by now? Uh, so, okay. Uh, so I'll go first and say I Dalton Castle does nothing for me at this point. I was a Dalton Castle fan back. I remember you and I um, in Dallas at the Ring of Honor show. Dalton Castle worked, I want to say, like a six-man, a four or six-man, maybe a four-corner, um, to start that show, the show proper, not counting the pre-show. Um, we were sitting front row. Dalton Castle won the match. I remember that Damian Priest, then Punishment Martinez, was in it. I don't remember who else was in that match. But for whatever reason, those two jumped to my mind that they were in it. I was a Castle fan back then. I loved it. Uh, when Castle won the world title, I really enjoyed that. Um, and then, unfortunately, he got hurt, and so I don't think his title reign um, did him any favors. I don't think he had a really good Ring of Honor world title run. Dalton Castle now, I can't believe he was ever world champion, to be perfectly honest. You know, he's got Draper now as his protege. I mean, that's fine. I, I like Dak Draper a little bit, and um, I think that having him with somebody is probably good. Eli Isom I like. I think Isom's pretty good. 
I still think we need to flesh out Eli Isom's character a little bit more. Um, but that's he's young. He's figuring that piece out. I'm okay with that. I think his in-ring stuff, though, compared to where he was when he was part of the Shinobi Spirit Squad or whatever in the world the name of it was, it's not Spirit Squad, but Shinobi something squad. Was, um, it, was it Shadow Squad? That would make more sense than Spirit. Um, so... <laughs> But, um, you know, I, I didn't think much of him back then when he was in that. Uh, and granted, that that team was not meant to be um, pushed at any level either. Um, but Isom, I think, has gotten a lot better. I think he looks the part. Um, you know, he's gotten himself in really good shape. I think his work's been pretty good. Um, I, to me, the pick on this match goes one of two ways. Is this going to be a continuing story? If so, Draper interferes and... Castle wins the match. I think Draper interferes and screws it all up, and Eli Isom wins the match is my pick. So I'm going to go Isom for this one. Yeah, I actually am going to go Castle because I th- I think that well, I think the win would be more important for Isom. They are doing something different with Castle, and I think losing won't hurt him, but I do think that actually there's a Draper-Isom match that we have in the future that comes as a result of Draper costing Isom the match. Uh, so Castle wins. I, I And again, I don't think this is a bathroom break match. I think it's going to be a really good match in the ring. And I've actually really appreciated the, the, the story of Castle in the last less than 12 months, but almost 12 months. It appeared when Ring of Honor returned. Dalton Castle went through a losing streak. And this iteration of Dalton Castle is like him coming back to not back to, but renewing himself in a different in a different light. And I think it's been enjoyable and, and it's a unique character that stands out in Ring of Honor for me. So uh do I think he's the next TV title challenger or peer title challenger or uh, world title challenger? No. Uh could he get there soon perhaps uh I don't know when, how or or, or if, but we have our first difference. So Castle for me, Isom for you. Yep, and what, I won't be shocked. Like I said, I, I could go either way on that one. But um, so there's our first difference. Good. So we we maybe I can extend my lead, or Tom could pull could pull even with that one. I guess depending on how card the card is laid out and how our picks go on the rest. I I have sneaky hunches on a couple of these that will be the same, but then I have at least two that I'm not sure. Well, let's move on to the six man title match, which has changed unfortunately uh, slightly and not for the better in my eyes. But injuries are what they are. The six-man titles uh, is currently held and held for quite a while, uh, for the most part. Now, by Shane Taylor promotions of Shane Taylor, Khan, and Moses, uh, will defend against LFI of Bestia Del Ring, who's filling in for an injured Roosh, who's out for the rest of 2021 due to a really bad knee injury, apparently, that caused him to need surgery. And actually, he was in serious condition after the knee surgery I had read. Um, so, I, best wishes to Roosh. I'm glad to hear that it sounds like he's doing better, um, just has to rehab that knee injury. Um, Bestia Bell Ring fills in for him, Dragon Lee, and Kenny King, uh, which are kind of the remnants of LFI now without Roosh. And of course, Amy Rose being kicked out and moving on with Max. And um, uh, LFI needs something. Uh, losing Roosh is big for them, assuming he's not going to be around even as a a member, you know, on TV while he's injured. Um, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe he will, but uh, uh yeah, LFI's. I, I don't know. I feel like that that was big. That was a big loss for them to lose their leader like that to an injury. Dragon Lee. So the thing that they said on TV, I think it was last week, um, was that the reason that 
he and King are getting the tag title shot on on TV this week against Dickinson and Homicide is because with Dragon Lee also being the TV champion and wrestling for the six-man titles, they didn't want him to potentially have to wrestle three matches in the same night. I guess they could have meant that just in general in the future, like if there was a show where all titles would be defended again, because he's not defending his TV title on this show. So he wouldn't have wrestled three times. He's only wrestling two, would have only wrestled two times. And we've seen him do that a bunch of times. And we've seen a bunch of people have to do that a bunch of times. So it was a weird comment that made zero sense to me because there is not a TV title match on this show. And then I thought, oh, are they going to add one like randomly? Is it all of a sudden going to be Dragon Lee versus, you know, Tracy Williams or something for the TV title? Um, that, that obviously has not happened. I suppose it could still, but it was a weird comment that just made no sense to me. Um, again, I hate the Dragon Lee's not defending the TV title on this show um, to the point that we made earlier with Dickinson and Homicide. Um, Tom, you get the first pick now on this one. I I think that's really true this time. Um, so it is, it, it is true. Yes. So my pick is Shane Taylor Promotions. Should not surprise anyone. Uh, yes, this did take a uh, a hit by losing Roosh. Uh, the story though that I, that I do really appreciate, and it it gave you more. So even though TV's been very women's title tournament focused. There was a match, uh, an eight-man last weekend with STP and uh, LFI pre-Roosh injury. Um, and the story really here is Kenny King and Shane Taylor have an issue, and Kenny King um, is going to get his comeuppance. Uh, and maybe that happens here on Sunday. Uh, I actually would not be opposed to a singles match. But again, STP has done such a really wonderful job carrying this six-man six division. Um, and I don't see that stopping anytime soon. Ring of Honor is going to have to really have their work cut out for them, in my opinion, to build another group, um, unless it's a fluke, uh, and, and it really gives the other trio a boost uh, to get someone that's going to even hang in the ring uh, or, or carry the torch as well as STP has. Yeah, the only other group I can see right now would be Violence Unlimited, some, some grouping of those three, and I think there's just other things they're doing that, that don't pertain to the six-man titles um yeah i like I, I like stp a lot uh there was a video this week we talked about it before we went on the air that uh looks like they're adding trisha dora into their ranks which i think is great to add a, a woman into their ranks and i think she's a great fit it also gives her something to do and keeps her around ring of honor which i think is awesome um uh, if if i'm understanding what i watched in that video correctly um so I, I think that's great. I think STP wins here. I'm with you. Um, please don't put a belt on Bestia Del Ring intentionally. I know he's had to defend titles, you know, due to injury before, but don't intentionally give him a belt. Um, don't do that. The the alternative is unintentionally giving him a belt. Well, and they kind of have done that because he had to fill in as a tag yeah. champ and and take the worst camel clutch uh, or full Nelson, not camel clutch, uh, in the history of the full Nelson uh, from Red Titus. So. And not that Rhett does a bad full Nelson, just that specific full Nelson that he kind of was just holding him up by the shoulders like this and not even like this. Um, for those who can't see me because I'm doing a podcast, he just, you, you've you seen the match. Or if you haven't, don't. Um, Bestia Del Ring will have you know that he does not have good rotator cuffs, Jim. He's, he's going to be writing you a very, very bad note. <laughs> We're getting a bad review from Bestia Del Ring. Um, that'll be our first one-star review. Um, might be our first review, but um, anyways, 
Uh, yeah, so I'm going STP as well. I, I, you know, I think this match will be good when Bestie is not in there. I know I just keep ragging on him, but he just doesn't do anything for me in the ring. Dragon Lee is one of the best in the world, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Shane Taylor is, I, I don't know if I can call Shane Taylor one of the best in the world, but he's really, really darn good. I mean, he's in, he's, he's up there. He's somebody I really enjoy. I think Khan and Moses are coming along great. I think they're future Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions as well, um, as long as they stick around. Um, Kenny King is always good, and I think he is great as far as charisma and talking and that sort of thing. Um, you know, so I, I think the story they've told there is good. So I think this will be good in the ring, um, but they're crazy if they put the six-man titles on on LFI at this point. Roosh being in there instead of Bestia would have made this a little more of a pick for me, to be honest. Um, I still don't think they would have made the switch. I still probably would have picked STP. Because very much as you said, looking at the storyline and how they've done it with Kenny King, especially. Um, but it would have made it a little tougher for me to pick anyways. Let's go to the pure title match. I think this one's interesting. Jonathan Gresham versus Josh Woods. Uh, they've done a really nice job since they've restarted in building Josh Woods. I, at least I, I feel they have. I wouldn't have been shocked to see Josh Woods win the pure turno, per, pure title tournament easy enough for me to say uh sally sorts shells by the anyways um and of course gresham has been you know the man in the pure division since they've they brought it back and i think we've all seen that i've gone back and forth on this one i've, I've known what i want to make my pick and then i talk myself out of it a few times and it is my turn to pick first so um I'm going with the title change. I think Woods wins the belt here because I don't I don't see who else in the pure division at this point Gresham hasn't run through. I don't think it's LSG that's going to beat Gresham down the road. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. I, you could build Taylor Rust, you know, but I maybe you're going to do that. I just think that the story they've told with Woods, Woods needs to win the title here. Did correct me if I'm wrong and I, I was going to try to pull it up again, Crackpot Research Team. Woods and Gresham, did they face off during the pure title tournament? Do you remember? I, I can remember. I, I don't recall. Um, I feel like they did. And obviously Gresham would have won that match if that was the case. Um, and I'm just pulling it up here. Josh Woods beat Kenny King. Jonathan Gresham beat Josh Woods in the semifinals. In the block finals, I guess. They called them block finals, which was a weird thing. We talked about that back then. But yes, Gresham did beat Woods. So I think this is where Woods gets his, his win back, and I think he's the new pure champion. Yeah, you make a lot of good points, Jim. And uh, one other thing that may give you uh, reason to feel that your pick is right is that this is the 13th defense for Gresham. So is 13 a lucky or unlucky mm -hmm. number? Uh, I I don't think uh, that he loses the title. My pick is Jonathan Gresham. I agree with you, though. I don't know what the future looks like, but I do think that uh, in terms of rebuilding the pure division, that's been done and it's been done well. But I don't think that that you can't do more. Uh, I'd love to see more more happen. But 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 Josh Woods arguably is the toughest. Uh, and most valuable uh, competitor to potentially unseat Gresham thus far. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I, I think the depth in the pure division is my is my struggle. I don't think that the division is very deep. Um, and so Woods gives you some new matchups. 
that's that's my thought. Yep. Um, and then Annette commented and said, yep, they did face off. I think there's probably a delay between what we're saying and what is going out live. Um, YouTube, I think, does that on, on uh, live shows, too. So, um, yep, they did absolutely face off. Uh, I, this should be really good. I, no question. This should be a really strong match. Maybe match of the night. I wouldn't be shocked at all if it's match of the night. Yep, I agree with that. Well, then that brings us to the women's title tournament finals. Uh, neither of us had this pegged, so but that's exciting because it's actually it's been really fun to watch this tournament yes. play out, and it has been really enjoyable. Um, Roxy, the prodigy, against the Lucha Baddie Miranda Alize, and Roxy is nineteen years old. Yeah, that's kind of crazy when you think about. Um, you, but again, and and she's she's got it in the ring. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure she's a Booker T trainee. Does that does that? I believe so. Yes, yes. Sound correct? So. Okay. Um, Roxy's my pick. Uh, I, I, again, this is this is an ultimate pick em for me because I think you could easily go either way. They've both signed with Ring of Honor, and Ring of Honor made that clear this week, so they don't do you any favors by uh, <laughs> saying saying only one has signed and one has not. Uh, I won't be upset with either either person winning um, in the in the big picture for the sake of this. Uh, I think putting the the title on Roxy. Uh, and you can think, tell a story where, you know, she is the prodigy. She's got the future in front of her, but then she's young and now she's got this title. Can she, can she handle herself? Can she handle the competitors in the division? If they were to go that route, I think that's a fun story to tell. So Roxy is my pick. Yeah, I agree. This is the ultimate pick. I think the, the question is, do you have the baby face win the tournament and have that big celebration? Or do you have the heel win the tournament, the title, and then the baby face chasing, you know, and is Roxy chasing Miranda Alizé? Um, you also have the Chelsea Green factor in here. And and she presumably is going to be chasing whoever wins this title. Angelina Love is going to be looking for a title shot. Max the Impaler is going to be looking for a title shot. Uh, you know, they built a nice women's division, frankly. Um, the women of honor in the past were kind of whoever the champion was, and, and usually that seemed to be either Kelly Klein or, or Angelina and kind of the challenger of the month. Uh, they've done a nice job of building a division. Now they're going to have to flesh that out and have, as they move forward, much like the pure division, they're going to have to flesh that out and have matches that aren't just champion versus challenger. They're going to have to have other women's matches that have meaning. Um, and I think AEW has, has shown some ways to do that. They have a little more TV time to work with too, but uh, Ring of Honor has a bunch of internet shows they can throw things on too, including women's division Wednesday. But, um, you know, so it's almost, I, I could go either way. And, and there's part of me that's almost thinking about strategy here too, with two differences already, you know, how do I, because I can make an argument either way. I, I don't have a strong feeling on this one. Um, but just for fun's sake, I'm going to go Miranda Alizé and throw the, the heel in there. Um, I've liked what I've seen of her. Her character work, I think, is a little better than Roxy's right now. Um, and in ring, I think they both got it. So I'm. I think this should be a really good match. I think they've done a nice job of the women's title tournament. I love that only one of the matches was an online exclusive. Everything else has been on their TV shows, um, which I had begged for before they did this tournament. I'm so glad they did it. I think they've done a nice job of giving the women a chance to shine, and I think the women have delivered in this tournament. Um, I think that the I, there really hasn't been a bad match in this tournament. Um, certainly there have been some that have been better than others and things like that, but I can't think of a match where I was like, oof, that was yuck. Um, so kudos to all of them. A number of these women, I was familiar with names, but I'd heard of Roxy. I'd heard of Miranda Alizé. 
hadn't really seen a whole lot of them except maybe a match on dark or something like that. And, you know, that those are usually enhancement kinds of things. So you don't get to see them do a whole lot. Um, I, it's going to be interesting to see. So I'm going to go Alizé just to give us three differences moving into the world title match, which I, uh, I, I think we're going to be the same on, but we'll see. Uh, the world title match, Bandito versus Brody King, Demonic Flamita, and EC3 in an elimination match. I do like that it's elimination rules. So at least all three of the other people in the match will need to be eliminated for whomever comes out of this match as champion. Um, I get the first pick. So I'm just going to say, Free Bandito. Bandito's my pick. I, I just don't see... I think Brody King will be the Ring of Honor World Champion someday. Um, I don't see it being now, and I think it's way too soon to take the title off of Bandito. Um, so that that's my biggest thing. I kind of wish, because Demonic Flamita had won that uh, chance at the Ring of Honor World title, or to be ranked in the World title rankings, I kind of wish it was just Bandito and Flamita. I think you could have told that story just fine with the, the story they told with those two. So I would I would much prefer this to just be Bandito and Demonic Flamita in the main event, to be honest. Um, but Brody King is is good, very good, and he'll be a nice base uh, for the two flyers to fly off of. And EC3, I'm not 100% sure why he's in, in even in this match, but there he is. He's in the rankings. He's one of the top three contenders, so he's there. Um, if, I, if I'm Ring of Honor, I don't think Ring of Honor has done a really great job with EC3, personally. And what I'm about to say won't make them do any better of a job, but uh, EC3 would be the first one out if I'm Mario Bonner. Yeah, it's it's a weird mix of four talents in this match, and I'm not super high on it. Um, yeah, but it is. I mean, it is what it is. I agree with you. I think that you know, going and giving us Bandito and Flamito would have been the right way to go. But the last time Flamito was on pay per view proper, he lost. He lost to Rayoris. Uh, so True. not that he hasn't bounced back. Uh, he won actually, I think, a, a, like a no rules or last man wasn't last man standing. I think it was a no DQ match. Um, anyway, elimination makes this weird, but I, I go back to survival of the fittest in the finals, even though people got pinned in that match, they didn't do a good job following up on any of those things where I think they could have. So I think that unfortunately we're going to have the same kind of fallout here. Like even if bandito, pins ec3 or ec3 pins brody king i'm not confident enough in ring of honor being able to follow up on it um i i think flip gordon and ec3 are still not done even though flip gordon thinks it's a different time than it is um yeah i don't know how this i think i think it comes down to bandito and flamita in the end um and again, the big the big question too that I just ask is where where does LFI fit in faction warfare now? Uh, because they lost their fourth person. Do they get a new fourth person on Sunday night to bring back the foundation, LFI, and violence as being like the the synergistic forces? And and then does SCP also get in the mix now as another four man group? Uh, a lot a lot a lot of questions around that. All of that to be said. It may or may not play out here. Bandito does retain, uh, and I believe this will be his sex, si second successful title defense. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got three differences. Uh, we have the uh, Dalton Castle-Eli Isom match. You have Castle and I have Isom. We have uh, Jonathan Gresham and Josh Woods. You have Gresham, I have Woods. And we have Roxy and Miranda Alizé. You have Roxy and I have Miranda Alizé. 
two of those, I, I feel pretty good about the Woods pick. I'll admit the other two are total dark throws. So hopefully I just don't lose all three. That's my, that's my hope <laughs> is that I don't lose all three. Uh, anything else about Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor, Tom? We're going yep. double Broadway today. We sure are, yeah. So again, hopefully we'll come back and have the chance to talk about this next week. It may it may not materialize as we hope uh, because of just being able to actually see it and or process the results. Yeah, we'll see how that works out for next week. We did want to do some quick hits real quick. Um, we, we had hoped to do, in, and had hoped to invite our friend Annette in to do a full uh, football preview episode, and that just schedules never did align. Um, for any of us, much less any couple of us even to do that. So um, we just thought, well, we'd, we'd give our quick NFL picks. We talk about football a lot on here because we both love football. We both are in entirely too many fantasy football leagues um, and uh, compete against each other in those as well, in a number of those as well. Um, Tom and I are, are great friends and great competitors against each other in many ways, as we continue to do here with head of head to head and other things. Um, so quick hit NFL picks. I think our plan is we're going to share um, just kind of in, in quick format. Maybe we'll we'll make a comment about certain teams and, and others we might not. Um, who do we think will win the eight divisions in the NFL? Who do we think the three uh, wild cards will be? And then uh, who do we think will be in the, the Super Bowl? I don't think we're going to plot out the entire playoffs, but if we might mention championship games, but uh, – who do we think will be the three or the Super Bowl champion as well? And maybe who they'll be. Uh, Tom, do you already have yours all kind of picked out or do we want to go conference by conference? What do you want to do here? Yeah, let's let's go conference by conference, um, okay. picking each of the seven and then and and but saving the Super Bowl pick, and then and then we'll come back and we'll do out of the SCI pick and out of the NSCI pick. And if you want to give a Super Bowl pick today, great. If you just want to give the matchup, I'm okay with that too. Okay. Uh, which conference would you prefer to start with? Let, let's follow the alphabetical uh, layout and go with the American Football Conference. All right. Well, go ahead and share your uh, your seven, if you don't mind, Tom. Huh? Yeah, I'm just writing sure. you down currently. You got it. Yeah. So out of the AFC, I have AFC East, I should say, I have the Bills winning that division. I don't think there's anyone close to that, touching them there. Uh, AFC North, uh, before the events of the last few days, um, with some injuries, very unfortunate injuries. I was very high on Baltimore. I think that those injuries do end up uh, working against them. So I pick Cleveland, uh, but that if we were doing confidence points, I would have very low confidence points on that. I do think Cleveland does end up winning that division. Um, that's the AFC North. The AFC South, I have the Titans. The AFC West, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. And then for the wild cards, I do have the Ravens as a wild card. Uh, I do have the Chargers as a wild card. And I don't know that I like them, but I do think they do rebound um, in probably what is Ben Roethlisberger's last year. And I have the Steelers as my seventh and final playoff team in the AFC. We are not far apart on the AFC. Um, I have the Bills winning the East. I, I don't I don't think the Patriots are, are coming back to prominence just yet. Um, I do think there's another team there. Uh, we'll talk about that in just maybe a second. Uh, but I think the Bills are the class of the East right now, without question. I think Kansas City, I mean, come on. Um, Kansas City is is the best team in football probably right now, um, all all told. Um, I, I'm with you. I think the Browns win the the uh, North. I was going to say the West, the, the North. Uh, 
I have the Ravens, uh, spoiler alert, I have the Ravens as a uh, wild card as well, and I wouldn't be shocked if those two things get flipped. If the Ravens can get decent running back play out of their 9,000 running backs that they've recently signed because of the injuries, uh, I think the Ravens could still win that division. But I think the Browns have a really good defense. If their offense can click, they've got all the parts. I mean, there are plenty of – there's lots of talent on that Browns offense. So if they can do that, I think that will be. And then uh, Tennessee winning the South, I just don't think there's anybody in the South – unless Carson Wentz goes back to being really, really good. Um, and the Colts could maybe believe, maybe make a run because I think they've got a really good running back. And, yeah, that's a little bit because I'm a Badgers fan. But I do think Taylor's very good, and I think they do have a good defense there. So I could see the Colts, but I'm concerned about their quarterback situation there, um, Wentz's health notwithstanding. So my three uh, wild card teams for the NFC, uh, I have the Ravens, as I mentioned. I have the Chargers as well. I think they will be number two in the West. But my other, uh, I'm different than you on the Steelers. I don't have them in the playoffs this year. I have the Miami Dolphins uh, going to the playoffs. I think they are on the rise. I think they've got a really good defense. I think they've got an underrated running back in Miles Gaskin. And I think Tua with a full season coming off, um, really getting to heal from that hip surgery. And now a full offseason with the coaching staff and everything. And they have got a murderer's row at wide receiver right now. They've got one of the, I think, could be one of the better wide receiver cores in the NFL. Um, so I think Miami is going to, gonna. I don't know if it's going to surprise people because they played pretty well last year too. Um, but I think Miami is my other team there. All right. So moving to the NFC, uh, NFC East, I'm going to go with Dallas. Uh, we are making this pick after the kickoff of the NFL season last night. Uh, and what a great matchup between Dallas and Tampa Bay. So um, that may or may not influence our picks today. Uh NFC North, uh, Green Bay Packers is my pick there. NFC South, uh, this uh, isn't a surprise. It's Tampa Bay. But the real question will be, does Atlanta bounce back? What does New Orleans look like? And does Carolina have a quarterback? So that's going to be a fun division to watch. And then the West, which is probably arguably the toughest division in all of football, in my opinion. Um, I love Seattle, and I always will, because I love Russell Wilson, and I love their color scheme. Uh, and I think Arizona is ready to break through as well. But the Los Angeles Rams are going to be my pick to win the NFC West. Uh, I think their defense is legitimate. I think adding Matt Stafford and giving him so many tools in the toy box to play with, which is the wrong analogy, tools and toy box don't go hand in hand. Um, the Rams uh, do um, take another step. They, they, they were in the playoffs last year with, with Goff. Uh, I think Stafford brings them to a new level. Running back is the one question in, in Los Angeles, but you may not need to have strong running back play when you have the weapons at receiver. Uh, so those are my division winners uh, for the wild card. going to go ahead and say uh, that Arizona is a wild card. Seattle is a wild card. Ah, and then it gets tough. Um, I don't really like any of the other teams in the NFC because I just think there's too many questions about them. Um, I'm going to say Washington. I know Washington made the playoffs last year. I do like Ryan Fitzpatrick. The question will be health. I think the question for all these picks will be health. We could come back in three months and go, wow, well, we never saw X injury happening, and that really changed right. you know, how things played out. Um, so, yeah, my three wild cards, Arizona, Seattle, and Washington. 
So we definitely have some more shuffling happening in the NFC, which maybe isn't totally surprising because you and I are both NFC fans, you being a Lions fan, me being a Bears fan. Um, I have Washington winning the East. Um, I, I think that defense is just nasty. Uh, and I think Terry McLaurin is a, was a star last year, had a really good year, rookie year, with super questionable quarterback play. And if Fitzpatrick can stay healthy, I agree with you, that is a question mark. Um, but if that Fitzpatrick can stay healthy, um, I, I McLaurin and Samuel to me are, are they could skyrocket in value um, because Fitzpatrick is 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 a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback, but he's a good quarterback, and he's gonna he's gonna have a couple of really good games. And I think Antonio Gibson is gonna come into his own as well in the backfield there. So I have Washington uh, winning the East. Uh, I have Seattle winning the West. I think the West is going to be. Somebody in the West is not going to make the playoff. The third place team in the West is not going to make the playoffs and have a better record than teams that make the playoffs. I, I think that's most likely true. Um, it, they're going to beat each other up this year. So it's whoever survives those four teams. The fourth place team in the West might have a better record than one of the playoff teams. I, that could happen. Because um, I think that all four of those teams are are at least good. Um so I do have Seattle winning that. Uh, I have Green Bay winning the, the North, and I hate making that pick as a Bears fan. But it's hard to pick against Aaron Rodgers. And until one of the other three teams shows me that they can challenge him, um, he's 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 the reason. You know, if he didn't play in Green Bay this year, they wouldn't be my pick. I'll be perfectly frank. Somebody else would have been. I'm not 100% sure who that would have been. Spoiler alert, I do have a Northern North team in the playoffs, so maybe it would have been them, but we'll see. Uh, Tampa Bay wins the South. I, you know, I said last year, not on this podcast, because we didn't do this last year, really, I don't think. But um, Tampa Bay, the Tom Brady and Tampa Bay thing was either going to be awesome and a Super Bowl winner, or it was going to be a total bust. Well, it was the first. And he looked, from what I, I didn't see any of the game last night, but from what I'm reading and what I'm seeing, he looked like Tom Brady again last night. And granted, Dallas's defense is not great, but... um. Tampa Bay's got a nasty defense, though, too. So that defense with Tom Brady, they're going to be awful hard to pick uh, a pick against. So the wild card is where it gets really weird for me. Because as I said, I think <laughs> you you might be able to f- find a way to get – you had three teams from the NFC West in your, wild, in your playoffs, and I think that could happen. I don't have that happening. I actually have, instead of Arizona, I have the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I, I think, again, defense is really good. I think they're going to get good quarterback play, whether that's Jimmy Garoppolo or whether it becomes Trey Lance. Um, I, I just think the Niners, um, I think they've got a good shot. They've got weapons with Debo and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk. I just think they're going to be hard to beat if they get good quarterback play. Um, so they're they're right there. Um, I put Dallas in as a wild card. I think Dallas could challenge Dallas or Washington probably wins that East and the other is right there. Dallas should have won that game last night. If they've got a kicker, they win that game. Um, Greg Zerloin, unfortunately, I happen to be friends with somebody who uh, his wife is a cousin to Greg Zerloin. Um, so I feel bad saying this, but yeah, Greg, you had to make them kicks, buddy. Um, he apparently was coming off of a, of a very significant back injury. And so he, he probably so wasn't. Big, yeah, that's what no, 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 no. I just wanted to give you context. Like, cause I think, I think that played into a lot of the missed kicks. Yeah. And, and it's week one. I mean, you know, are they going to cut him this week? I mean, they might, but. Probably not. Well, in Dallas, you're always at risk. Well, right, right. You sniff the wrong way in Dallas, you might get cut as long as you're Dak. Um, 
And by the way, in the two leagues that I drafted Zeke, thanks Tampa Bay for making him not worth anything last night. Um, and then my last pick, I, I, I'm just doing it. I think the Bears make the playoffs. Um, I think that Andy Dalton does not play well enough and Justin Fields comes in and I think he changes things in Chicago. Um, that's a homer pick. I know that's, you know, you're la- you're smiling at me, Tom. I see it. But I, I think Justin Fields is the real deal. And that's not just me as a Bears fan. I liked him before the draft. Um, I was ecstatic that the Bears got him. I didn't think there was any chance that he was going to be sitting there for the Bears. And obviously they had to move up to get him. He wouldn't have been there at 20. Um, I was ecstatic they got him. I I think he's better than Trevor Lawrence. And I have since day one. Lawrence is good. I, I just think Fields is, is a special talent. And I think he's got wide receivers. He's got a running back that I think is a little underrated. Um, I don't think he's, you know, David Montgomery isn't Alvin Kamara or, or Christian McCaffrey or anything like that. But I think he's a good running back as long as that secondary can hold. I'm a little worried about the Bears secondary. Um, but uh, I'm going Bears. I'm going to put him in. What the heck? I can do that. Um, you didn't famous, have faith in your lines, Tom. Famous last words. Uh, yeah, well, probably. I, the differences between the Lions and the Bears are too many to name, and we've already gone over two hours. So <laughs> I would say the Bears are closer to being a playoff team, whether they make it or not, than the Lions are right now. 100%. 100%. Well, awesome. Well, thanks for hanging with us uh, for two-plus hours now, listeners. Uh, we appreciate you giving us some of your time and hope that we've, uh, in a fun way, filled some of your time as you go about your life. So, um Happy to do this. Love the world of pro wrestling. Uh, excited about NFL really getting going this weekend and getting football in 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 the NFL uh, realm launched. Absolutely. It's going to be a good time, and, and college football has already begun, and my team's already on one. So, um, yeah, anyways, we'll talk about that another week. Um, watch some pro wrestling this weekend. Be good to each other, folks. And uh, we will be back our – Our plan, I think, is to be back next Friday as usual, so uh, we will plan to be back in your ears in about a week or so, hopefully talking death before dishonor, and who knows what else we'll be talking about by that point. Uh, Looking forward to it, though. As always, Tom, it's been a pleasure. Everybody be safe. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.